Good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Soul Citizens. I am Griffin Gaming RPG, and welcome back for another Sunday of fun entertainment with the Soul Citizens. The brothers are here tonight. We don't have any ladies here tonight, and we're missing one of the brothers. I'm thinking that he is like going to fly in any minute, maybe. We'll see. You can see there's a vacant spot on the screen. <laughs> uh, but hey, we're going to roll with what we got, and we got some powerhouses here. We got one of our one of our one of our coolest uh the man who i've always said has just one of the most impressive voices out there in the soul citizen community on the far left there starting off with number one slot uh the man himself dig that 32. what's up Dig? hey how you doing how you doing how you doing man hey hey i'm doing i'm good man i'm happy to be here i'm, I'm, I'm ready to talk about this okay i know this is uh this is your zone i know uh a matter of fact that's one of the reasons why you and the brother next to me are here tonight because you guys are going to end up being the experts for me and if colossal makes a colossal but you'll hopefully be the experts maybe even for some of the people in chat tonight so i got to introduce our man number two right next to me dark knight 75 what's up dk doing good doing good i'm excited about this show this is a, a one of those shows i i've been eager to uh to to discuss with all of you and it's nice to have uh dig and colossal and you here so this yeah is great. i know you guys are ready to speak up on behalf of mr braven tonight so hopefully <laughs> there'll be some good stuff i think we're gonna have some good stuff to share but before we get into that let me say hi to everybody in the room i see pops in space fist to face admiral kusanagi lucky what's going on uh, good to see all of you all here tonight. Y'all give some shout outs in there. Oh my God, Jaja, what's going on? Oh, and Jaja subscribe. He's kicking it off already with the subscriptions. Jaja, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Jaja, you helping us get to our goal. As y'all can see, we had 127 out of 200 for this month. So thank you, Jaja, for that as always, for supporting us and everybody who's here today. Um, let me kick it off before we get into the whole discussion about our topic tonight, uh, Invictus. Just started two days ago. This is day number three. Uh, Dig, have you had some time to run around the convention center yet, or have you uh, been kind of holding off? What's where you at right now as far as the uh, the Invictus launch week? Oh yeah, I took a nice little stroll through Invictus. Okay, checked out everything. Okay, okay, okay. DK, what about you? Did you spin through yet? Absolutely, absolutely. Went down, took a little uh, walk around the Javelin, and uh, went down and, and checked out the convention center. It was good. It was oh, good. Okay. Surprised by the stability. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Now the the big question is, and you know, we, next next show is on Invictus, guys. So just so you all know, we're not doing a big thing on Invictus today. I'm just kind of touching base because it just kicked off. But I got to ask Dig and I got to ask DK the big question. Did you buy a Scorpius? <laughs> were you one of the ones who passed on it or were you one of the ones that got sucked into the Star Wars, the bell went off in your head and you saw X-Wing and you had to go ahead and get it? That's all I want to know. Well, Dig's laughing, so he already know what I'm talking about. Dig, what'd you do? What'd you do? Did you pass or did you play? I didn't make a move myself. Um, okay. Okay. All of a sudden, I found I found that one of my uh, patreons he he likes to be a mystery man, but uh, he he sent me a Scorpius. I wasn't expecting it, oh. but uh, man, I got oh, one. Nice. Oh, and nice. you know what? I, I ain't gonna lie. I love that he did that. I appreciate that. But I'm a little um, I'm a little you now. I have to look for it, and it's not gonna come till next year. But <laughs> so now I got to be looking at it like looking at this <laughs> thing that I don't have yet for the next eight months or whatever it comes mm. to be. 
I got you. I got you. Okay. Um, do, oh, shipwreck. Thank you, shipwreck. Thank you so Thank much. Shipwreck, like a boss. Backing Thank us you. up as always. Thank you. We appreciate yes. that. Ops Chief, good to see you, man. Saw you creep in there. Good to see you come in. Uh, DK, what about you? Did you did you pass a play when it came to the uh, Scorpius? No, I did not pull the trigger on that one. You know why? Because okay. I'm not really a combat person. So it really didn't appeal to me, but the style does. And there's always that chance that I might just out of, uh, you know, nostalgia, pick one up. Oh, <laughs> so there's always boy. a possibility. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're thinking about it. Okay. All right. Well, let yeah, me ask you. This. Well, okay. And this is what my statement was. When I said this the other night, when we were talking on Thursday, I said, you know, soon as I saw this ship, I laughed. I literally laughed out loud and said, you know, those idiots at CIG are geniuses because they decided to pick, you know, a uh, a shape that was so familiar to everybody who plays Star Citizen, right? And it immediately mm -hmm. taps into the whole Star, you know, Star Wars thing as soon as you see it, even though I'll give them credit after looking at it in greater detail, it definitely reflects RSI design, particularly when it's in the wing closed position it mm. looks like an aurora mm. from above. So I, I it's got mm. like the same engines as the, uh, what's the ship, the one that's the, inter, not the interdictor. Yeah, the interdictor, what's it called? The um, the RSI, uh, y'all help me out in chat. What's that? Mantis? The Mantis, yeah. It's got, the, mm -hmm. it's got the Mantis engines on it when you look at it. So it's it's oh. a very cool design. When you, cool. Yeah, take a look yeah. at the uh, brochure and look at the top down view of it when it's in the wing closed position. So I love the fact that they did kind of take some of those RSI features and really put it mm -hmm. into that ship. Uh, it has its own distinctive look. But again, that X-Wing or I don't even call it X-Wings, uh, Y-Wing, Delta Wing, whatever that wing configuration is, you can't help but think of uh, Mr. George Lucas's creations uh, from CNS. Right. Okay. Right. So listen, you guys make sure you all check out Invictus uh, when you get time. Uh, did you did either of you guys do the tour on the Javelin? Yes. You yes. did. I didn't sit and um, I didn't sit and listen to the uh, to NPCs, and I was thinking of going back and just really sitting down and listening to them. Okay, Dig, what about you? Dig, what about you? Oh yeah, I checked out, and I ain't gonna lie. I know we ain't talking about Invictus, but good grief, man! There was this dude NPC like telling us yeah. about uh, his experience on there, and I was like, dude, this is TMI. Like I was like, this dude is I saying know, all this stuff, but man. they did that deliberately, right? And 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 one of the things I thought that was really good about it, Dig, is since you mentioned that particular part. I looked at how good the animations were. I mean, that guy, mm -hmm. it yeah, really, really looked good. They have stepped it up so much from the Morrow tour from years ago. Uh, mm. it, and I like the fact that there was a little bit of, I guess you could say, dig personality. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he was just a stiff guy reading off his card. He went on a whole tangent about the people on the ship and socks. And <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, it was cool. It, it was cool. I, I, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it some, some, some things there. So anyway, we'll get into that. Jod Jod, yeah, I see your question uh, or your statement rather. And we're going to talk about that next week. So make sure you're here next Sunday because we're going to go through the whole Invictus thing and talk about the design and anything else that might pop up that we're not expecting. Because there are some other ships that are going to show up uh, uh, as you guys know, today the Redeemer was there, and people were slobbering over that. Mm -hmm. And uh, what? It Invictus? Yeah, yeah, it's there. yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. The Redeemer okay. is on the floor. Okay. It's on the floor. It ain't flyable, but it's yep. on the floor. And then oh, the uh, and right, then tomorrow right. or not two days from now when they do Crusader, the A two is also going to be on the floor. So we'll see if anything mm. else pops up outside of those. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. Okay, uh, let's see. Homeroom, what's happening? O seven to you as well. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. Let's get into the show. Let's see who's hitting me with a message here. Oh, that's lucky. Uh, first told me since the second episode. Oh, thank you. 
Lucky, awesome. Thank you for that. Awesome sauce. Okay. Um, so let's jump into the subject of our show. You guys saw that the title this week of the show was Elite Dangerous. And it's not really like Elite Dangerous versus. It's really Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen. Scorpion, thank you so much for that follow. We appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, because what we want to do today is talk about these two games. Now, for most of you, and I'm sure many of you are also Elite Dangerous players. So you've played Elite Dangerous. If you haven't played it, I know you've seen it if you're into space uh, space games. It's it's the, That and Star Citizen are probably the two, you know, the most dominant games that are out there. You can talk about some other ones there, but those are the two mm-hmm. that have been around for a little bit now. I was kind of blown away. Uh, Dig and DK, I was a, it didn't dawn on me. I went back and looked at my account and saw that I had signed up in 2014 in the beta. And it, I didn't oh. realize that seven years has passed that I had been playing the game. I've been off and on, but I, I usually jump in at some point a couple mm-hmm. times a year. But I didn't realize that much development time has gone by. And I think it's because when it launched, it was kind of treated as a fully ready game. And so I kind of mm-hmm. think the clock stopped in my head at launch. You know what I mean? But when you think mm-hmm. about it, it, I think you said this earlier, DK, that they've just kind of taken different paths on how they're developing their game. So it is still a game in development, even though it's a fully playable game, which is like mm-hmm. different than for Star Citizen. Dig, when did you start in Elite? Ooh, uh, it's either t- maybe 2016, 2017. Okay, okay. And DK, what about you? It was uh, around 2017. Yeah, right, right about the same time. Okay. So I got you, you guys beat. I can't believe it. I thought you guys. I thought you guys were in this. It's the alpha. I thought y'all was sitting at like breakfast with David Braben back in 2012. Okay, so all right, but that, but that's cool. That's cool. Breakfast with Braben. Well, well, yeah, breakfast with Braben, right? Yeah, but but uh, no, but I mean, but no, but you guys are into it deeper. You guys are, have gone into it. You've kept up with the development. You've come through the Horizons engineers. And now all the way through Odyssey. So you guys have a lot of information that way ahead of me when it comes to uh, playing Elite. Um, let me ask this quick question. I know we got some questions on the docket. Um, there's been these major phases of the game. Elite Dangerous, then there was Odyssey. Uh, there was Horizons rather than this Odyssey. Um, what is your... Uh, wh- how are you feeling about the game now when it comes to the development? You're both avid Star Citizen players too. So you're kind of juggling these two big major games that are being developed. Um, how do you see those two games right now? And I'll start with Dig uh, for this, on this question. Dig, how do you see those two games? Because you play both of them, you do you do videos on both of them. How do you distinguish them? Do you see them as very similar, very different, crossing each other? You know, how, as a player, what do you think about it? I think they're very different. I think they got different goals. And um, it, it, Elite is a is a really is it's, it's more accessible game they want to get you in get you doing missions they walk you through tutorials and uh it, they just will like look you want to go shoot some stuff up go shoot some stuff up if you want to go uh walk around and do missions let's do it star citizen on the other hand is a little bit more uh t- t- you got to be um invested mm-hmm. well you got to be invested in both but it, you got to invest in like all right we're gonna do this but all right, how do I put on my suit first? <laughs> and like, I don't know. It's a little bit more involved, but once you got it, you you're you're in there. You can just go. It's like if you played an FPS shooter before, if you played any kind of space game before, you're in there. Mm-hmm. Star Citizen, you, you man, it's, it's gonna take some time, but once you get in there, the time is very worth it. Okay, okay. DK, same question. What about you? 
how do you see the two games? Um, you know, I, it's, I, I, I agree with uh, Dig on that, that they are very different games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some slight similarities between the two in, in certain aspects of what types of gameplay you're doing, you know, running passengers or trading or mining or whatever like that. But the level of involvement, like Dig said, it's a little bit deeper uh, in Star Citizen than it is in Elite. And it is makes it a little bit more approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to say, when we were all getting started, there were no tutorials. You just, <laughs> you yeah. just jump in and go <laughs> and pretty much learn how to blow your ship up at a station. You, you didn't learn. But uh, but yeah, yeah it, it's definitely more involved in Star Citizen at this moment. And it's getting more involved at the at the at this time yeah so so let me ask you guys a question there's a statement that people often say to compare those two games and i'm I'm, and and i don't think they're derogatory i think they just describe the states of the game some people Mm -hmm. will say that elite is wide and shallow star citizen is narrow and deep do you feel that that's a fair equation because both of you kind of equated star citizen as having deeper you know you more deep i don't know to use the word detail but it's more involved, I guess you could say. It, 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 uh, do you guys agree with that? Or do you think that's kind of a misnomer when people say that? I'm sorry, man. Run it, if, some people, sorry, when, they describe, when, they try, when they make comparisons of those two games, some people would say where Elite Dangerous is wide, but shallow. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. Star Citizen is narrow, but deep. Do you think that that's a fair if, if summation of those two games? I think it's uh, on the surface. Yeah, that's that's a, a fair summation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Elite is super wide, mm-hmm. and but yeah, I, I could. I mean, I hate to because I don't like the bash, and I don't. That's why I, I said it's not negative, like right? No, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it's so wide. Like you, you're gonna be running to from the first shore to the second shore. It's gonna take a long time to get to that other shore, but. Uh, depth wise, yeah, it's a bit shallow, but yeah, yeah, I, I could definitely say that's fair. Okay, DK, you're nodding your head. You kind of feel like a little bit of the same. I, I, I do, I do. I, I mean, they're. I want to say that they're trying to bring more depth to Elite, mm-hmm. but they're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're they've got some ways to go, and I'm, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, later once we start getting into development. But um. But yeah, there's there's definitely it's wide, it's certainly wide, mm-hmm. um, and it depends on your gameplay style too. I think a lot of explorers might say there's a lot to do, um, mm-hmm. you know. But then you got your combat players and saying, ah, it's not so much. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, that's a good point. Good point. Okay, well, I'm you know, thank you. You guys gave us some good background in relation to it. Uh, we, we just so you all will know what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at some videos that were been produced. One of them, the very first one we're watching here started back in 2012. In fact, the first couple videos, one is David Braben talking about the development of of, of Elite. And what I want you to listen for is to hear, uh, when you listen to it, tell me if you don't hear David Braben Braben say some of the exact same things that his good friend, and I will say good friend, Chris Roberts Mm -hmm. says about Star Citizen. So let's take a quick look at that, okay? Hello, I'd like to start off by thanking everyone who's already pledged to Kickstarter. It's an amazing number of people um, who've already pledged and to those who are watching, you know, come and join us. Uh, we're already having fun with this project. It's going to be a great ride. We're very excited about it. This game has to be made. Now, um, what I want to talk about now is the plan for development and also to sort of own up and discuss some of the things that we've not been discussing on the forums up to now. 
So um, the first thing is this game is has an absolutely amazing scope looking forward in time, and we've been we've been looking at it and how we how we achieve it for a long time. It's the sort of game that that terrifies the pants off publishers um, because the scope is so broad. But having said that, we're a long way down the line in achieving what we need to do, and we've got we've got the foundations already. And what we're looking at now is how we build on them. So the idea with this is we've looked at the game, we've looked at what the game is that we need to be able to achieve what we want. We've also looked at where it can go after the first release. And that's what we've been talking about a lot. Now, one of the questions people have been asking a lot about, for example, is landing on planets. Now, yes, we're going to have landing on planets, but there is a lot of detail that that's re on that that's really important. So, for example, if you were to then have a follow-up question, what will be there when you land on the planet? That's what's been concerning us a lot. If you imagine every planet when you get down to the surface is just a differently coloured height map, that would be very, very disappointing, even with lovely atmospheric effects. Uh, what I want to see down on the planet is, is interesting things. Cities, scapes, even animals, life, trees, um, being a big game hunter, all of the things that we've been very, very excited about for a long time, we want to be able to realise. And the amount of work to create those things is so huge. We want to do it properly. What's really important is we do each of these things really well. So that will that sort of thing will not be included on day one. Um, we don't want it to be a, a dull experience where you just go down, you get essentially exactly the same experience wherever you land. So when we first release the game, um, you will not be able to go down to the planet's surface. Your ship won't be suitably equipped. Um, we will show some sort of re-entry effect, but we won't be able to go all the way down to the planet's surface. But we have designed the game with that capability in mind going forward. And at a later date, we will gradually add, add more and more functionality to allow you to do that. The game richness will gradually increase. Another example that we've built into the structure of the game is um, ship interiors. Now, a lot of people have seen, you've seen that we're designing all the ships with the interiors in mind, how the cargo is unloaded, all of that sort of thing, uh, how damage occurs. And that's because that another thing that we are doing um, again down the line is that you will be able to walk around inside your ship you'll be able to get out of your ship walk around inside space stations other vehicles all of that sort of thing um, we've shown um, the damage on the ship the damage models imagine looking at that from inside the ship outwards seeing your cargo flying out into space seeing the flames trying to fight them um, all of those things that we plan with time, they won't be at the first release because we want to do them right. We want to do them well. Um, all of these will be done as updates. And I'll, I'll talk some more about that in a second, but the point really is that we want to do it well, but the game has to be structured in a way to allow it from the start. So we're designing the ships so that they work that way. And so that when we come to do it, it's not a problem. When we come to show all of these elements walking around the ships, walking into other people's ships potentially, potentially stealing them. We have got in mind all of the things, all of the gameplay, the really rich gameplay that that entails. And it's, you know, to go back to what I've been saying right from the start of this Kickstarter, what is the game I want to play? This is the game I want to play. Because actually, in many ways, it doesn't feel like a game. It feels like a world that I'm being brought into. And with each of these um, subsequent updates, we expect that world will get richer and richer and more and more of the things that we are excited about will be there. You know, you will be able to walk around the spaceport. You will be able to see gold being loaded into someone else's ship. 
you will be able to sneak in and hide in amongst the cargo. All of those things are phenomenal gameplay opportunities um, where that ship might actually be the ship of another player. So just think where that all ends. You know, all of these things I think we need to do right. It would be very easy to do them very poorly and that would be my fear. So these things will not be there at day one. What will be there at day one is a great game that we've already described where all of those things, those fantastic things we were doing in, in Elite and Frontier that we love will be there. It's just the things that we want to extend on, we want to extend on really well. We want them to be compelling. Now, I think they will be compelling and that's what all the design discussion forums that we've already talked about that are there at the um, different pledge levels are there for to do, to work out which we do first of these things. If you like, each of these are stretch goals. And one of the things that we're looking at doing is actually saying that they won't happen on day one, even if we hit the stretch goals, but they will happen with time, um, sometime after release. And these are other things that will be in the mix, including support for other platforms. We've already said that we very much like to go on um, other platforms like Macintosh, and there are others too, um, that are very exciting going forward. But I think the important thing for me is that we do each section of the game right. Um, we do it in a way that doesn't cause problems for the players. We do it in a way that builds on what we've, ha what we've had before. And to me, that's what really matters in the game, um, that it is the game that we all want. Um, and I think this is the way that we achieve that. Uh, this is what makes me really excited. It means that we what can happen with all of these things is they can create unnecessary delays as well. We think, oh, we can't go now because the such and such a planet isn't right yet. What we can do, and I think is perfectly acceptable to do, is close off areas until we're happy that that's great. So there's another part of this plan is we are planning to reserve as a percentage tiny areas of the galaxy for future expansion. We don't even know yet what we're going to put there, but it allows us to put whole new exciting things to be discovered. Um, at a later date. If you get there as an exploring player, what will happen is it will just, it will say, oh, oh you can't go here. And I'm sure there will be a lot of people that map these regions <laughs> with time and produce maps of where there's a, a, a sort of a, a, a cutout that's been reserved for something exciting in the future. But ironically, that's all part of the excitement. You know, we, we have that, you know, we're, we're, we're planning for that now. And what we will do with time, as this game builds, as it's, it becomes something that, that people want to spend a lot of time in, they'll say, well, ooh, that must be, a, must be another race, you know, what's going to be there? And of course, there will be a lot of gameplay that flows from that. These are the things, these are the reasons that I want us to make this game. These are the reasons that make me very, very excited. A lot of people here have already part of this. A lot of the people here have pledged very, very generous amounts of money, and that is really, really appreciated. It's making this project possible. A lot of people are watching in the wings, are very, very excited about that too. Come and be a part of it. There will be lots of things. Being one of the original Kickstarters will, will be fantastic for you. We will all be together on the Alpha and the Beta. We'll all be part of this journey. Come and join us. It's going to be in a really exciting ride. Thank you very much.
I'm sorry, guys, I have my volume down. DK, I'm going to start with you. What were your thoughts about what he described as his vision for, uh, for you know, for Elite in comparison to, and I, I'm not going to say in comparison to Star Citizen, just I, yeah. you know, what were your feelings yeah. about that when you hear it all over again? So that's one thing I want to do right now is that in any discussion that I'm going to have of Elite is about Elite mm -hmm. and not comparing it to Star Citizen unless mm -hmm. it's absolutely necessary because I, there's, I really want to separate the games right now. Okay. As far as Elite goes, uh, I think Braben's plans are coming somewhat. Like we have seen the landing on planets as he discussed. We have seen the walking in a station as he discussed. Mm -hmm. um, there have been aspects that uh, in, in uh, previous development forums and, and discussions that uh, things that they wanted to do that they have done. I wouldn't say that at, they're the best uh, execution mm -hmm. of that, but they've been working on doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, you know, that you know the way that he was putting together the development plan is the way that he's been doing the development plan in stages mm -hmm. um whether or not those future things such as the ship interiors we don't know if that's something that can actually happen given the state of you know the age of the engine is it possible yeah it's possible but will they do it i don't know but now, that is still on their plan let me cut in for a second there because i wanted something you raised was their engine one thing i didn't know was that they created their own engine for elite i didn't yes. know that and so yes. it is interesting that they kind of built from the ground up you know from scratch uh, but oh my God, Uber! <laughs> 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 I'm hey. Uber nerd, thank you, thank you, thank you, That's thank up, you nerd. for the raid. 132 of the nerds coming over. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Soul Citizens, guys. Uber nerd, I hope you had a great stream. I popped in on you earlier when you were making some comparisons. Well, I, long story, but I watched you for a little bit before the show, and I hated to break off, but. Uh, Good to have you guys come by. The Uber nerd himself um, with 132 bucks coming over. So guys, just so you all know what we're doing tonight, welcome again. Uh, our show tonight is Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen. Are they different or are they doppelgangers? And so uh, we're kind of having this open conversation. Rapscallywag. Yeah, I know. I love that name. Rapscallywag. I know. Rapscallywag. Not just scallywag. Rapscallywag. But we're talking about this. And so Dig That 32 and Dark Knight are kind of like our authorities on uh, Elite Dangerous, even though they're avid Star Citizen players. And we're kind of going through a little bit of the history of you know, are these games, if they're different, how are they different? And if they're similar, how are they similar? So that's where we're at. So, so Dark Knight, you were talking about the fact that they, because one of the things that I've heard, and I was amazed, this over the past couple of weeks since Odyssey mm -hmm. came out, I've been listening to a lot of the f different shows, the forums and, and podcasts. And, and I was amazed at how many times I heard people say the word immersion. You know, sometimes Star Citizen people that think that they've got the lock on that name. But, yeah, but I mean, I was hearing elite players talk about immersion and walking on my ship and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, I don't remember that talk, you know, from back in the day. But it was amazing mm -hmm. to hear that that's just as important to elite players as it is to Absolutely. Star Citizen players, right? Um, so Absolutely. even though David, and I was also in this speech, he talked about stuff that he wanted to see eventually come into the game, but he also said, mm -hmm. you're not gonna see this in the beginning, but we're gonna try exactly. to leave room for even when, because I think on on the uh, the making of video, and I took it out because I was gonna show it, 
But one of the developers said, oh, we may watch it still, but what she said was that we made sure that we left room for things, even like in the cockpit, yes. just because in the future, there's some things we want to be able to do. So I'm glad they didn't mm -hmm. like realize they had built the game a certain way and said, oh my God, we didn't leave space to do blah, 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 blah. It seems like they want All to, right. but like you said, the hurdle is going to be, how do they keep doing that in their engine? And it's always a hurdle for any development company, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Dig, yeah, Dig, what about you? Uh, what did you think about hearing Braven's uh, vision for the future? I mean, I, I love what he said. I mean, he had a lot of ambitious ideas. Um, mm -hmm. and he, it's, it's a big gap between ambition and what's possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying the things that he's saying ain't possible, but I, I got to go back to what Dark Knight said, and you mentioned it too, is about the engine. I think it might be a little dated. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if they're flexible enough to, because, uh, you know, Star Citizen, they went from... Uh, they started with one uh, engine, mm -hmm. went to another engine. Cry engine and kept and building on it. And yep. then do their own. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they're if they're agile enough to be able to to switch up like that, then yes, I would love to see it. But mm. it it sounds a little not far fetched, but yeah. it's gonna take a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but now, I, I, you know, I like how we couched it, not couched it, but how he tried to set the right expectations with the, the promises right. that he made are going to take a long time to deliver this. They're not going to be there day one. Right. But mm -hmm. with that also have to, will also wish they had a roadmap. I think that's kind of yes. the most frustrating thing for mm -hmm. star or for elite dangerous players is there's no roadmap. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, we got this. So what, I mean, is this it or is it more stuff coming? We don't know. We're in the dark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100% yeah. agree. Yeah, Luna Song, hi. Thank you so much for the follow. We appreciate that. Um, so in a way, I'm, I'm, but again, we're not throwing any shade. We're just talking about what are the realities, right? <laughs> so you are saying that, that if you guys had something to at least have an understanding of where they were in their development process or even what their projected process is, that would kind of mm -hmm. help folks within that community feel a little bit more like, okay, we see where they're going or where they're at. Because I tried to look up stuff and I couldn't find anything. And I thought maybe I just didn't know where to look. Uh, you know, something mm -hmm. to kind of show where they were in there. Because I don't know. Here's the thing, too. And Dig, you said something that's really important to us because he opened up saying this. Chris opens up saying this. And I think that I wonder sometimes whether or not gamers have just gotten so used to the way the industry has operated. And I'm an old gamer. You guys know that I'm an old school gamer. OK, I'm you know, and, and I say that in a way with a badge of pride, but I also say it with a little bit of like I'm trying to keep up with what's going on. Uh, when they talk about being ambitious, what does that mean? Because because a lot of times in the gaming community, when someone says ambitious, it's almost like cynical. You know what I'm saying? Like in the early days, you wanted developers to be ambitious. You wanted them to go for something that nobody had ever seen before, something different. Now it seems like when people say ambitious, it's like, and maybe it's because gamers have gotten burned. I mean, Dig, do you think that maybe was what the case is? Because, you know, so many developers have gone on Steam and said, this is the most ambitious game. It's going to change the way gaming is done. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it doesn't deliver. Is that one of the reasons why people have kind of got salty about that word ambitious? Possibly. I mean, you know, as, as gamers, we're, we want we want everything right now, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, possibly, because like, I'll put you like this. Um, I got a buddy named, uh, he's Commander Blackout. I met him uh, from Elite Dangerous, which, mm -hmm. you know, I, I made a lot of friends from there. Anyway, uh, he bought into this game that looked, it was basically like you 
can build a whole city from scratch and it was a Kickstarter and then it, it, they, they went under nothing happened with that. And so, yeah, I, I can see stuff like that. Um, that will make people salty mm. ambitious. It shouldn't be mm. a negative thing. Like to me, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a compliment of like, I love your ambition. Like that's some of the things that, that's one of the things I say to people. I love your ambition. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as long as you put the work behind it, it's good. But yeah, I can see that people have got burned in. Um, they're like, yeah, you're, you're a little ambitious now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that becoming a, a yeah. negative thing. So, yeah, yeah I actually where they coming from. And, and DK, let me ask you this: Does it become a problem when you're a visionary? Because I, I want to distinct. I want to make a mm. distinction between Braben and Chris Roberts versus, you know, there are too many people where you hear a name and you associate it to a game. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. we, we we may mm -hmm. talk about EA or we may talk about you know. A, a company name, right? We may we, mm -hmm. we, we may do that all the time, but uh, Bethesda, but but you know, being and I and I guess here's the problem I have: people who are visionary don't think on the same plane as other folks. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. Right. I'm saying they think it in another right. space. Mm -hmm. And so, right. quite often, us regular folks think with limitations where they think beyond limitations, right? Mm -hmm. But it also mm -hmm. could be- Ooh, that's a good could, point. But it could also yeah. be, it could be, mm -hmm. you know, there's a difference between it being a dream and being a nightmare too. Maybe they're, maybe they're thinking too big. You know what I mean? Maybe mm -hmm. the, what they're thinking about is, I think about people like a James Cameron, right? He wants to do Avatar. And he says, I wasn't gonna do Avatar until the technology was available. Chris Roberts kind of says right. the same thing right. about Star Citizen, until the technology mm -hmm. is there. But at the same time, they get in there and realize, I, I, those of you who know the history of Star Wars, right? When George Lucas would come and talk to his staff and say, this is what I want to do. This is what we're going to do. They'd end the meeting and then walk away and say, how do we do this? The technology is mm -hmm. not even there. Mm -hmm. We got to create mm -hmm. the technology. We got to make what this cat just told us he wants to see happen. And so yeah. Yeah. I kind of wonder when you have a company that operates at that level versus the companies who are just kind of churning out the you know what I mean? The regular stuff, mm -hmm. right? They're not doing any, they're maybe doing a little bit of tweaking here and there, but they're not trying to be innovative. You know, is that mm -hmm. something that our communities are wrestling with both elite and star citizen? What do you think, DK? I, I think so. I think so. Uh, you know, one of the notes I wrote down when, uh, when, you, when, when I was watching a video was, uh, you know, is the scope too large? And it's the same thing on Star Citizen side too. Is mm -hmm. the scope too large? And I think when we're talking about ambition and we're talking about these two game developers, uh, ambition is a completely different term because they're trying to do something that no other games have done and mm. trying to do something that's outside of the box. And they're also not Boom. bound by their publishers. So not being bound by publishers, having this grand scope of what they would like to see puts them in this ambitious category. And a lot of us gamers didn't come from those kinds of things. I think even David had mentioned this in, in one of the interviews that we'll probably watch, um, you know, that they want, you know, three lives, start to finish in 10 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, that was the days back then. Um, and now we're looking more at, uh, you know, pew, pew, uh, you know, grind, grind, you know, and that's just the way it is right now. And a lot of us aren't waiting, willing to wait. There's a lot of gamers aren't willing to wait for a project. These, you know, these ambitious projects like this, because we're looking for gratification now, you know, and yeah. their ambition is, it might take a long time. <laughs> you yeah. know, Chris Roberts said it, so did Dave and Braven. It might take a long time, but yeah. this is what we want to do. Yeah. And and, and, I, and I'll say this too, when you mentioned about visionaries again, the fact that companies aren't trying to be visionaries. 
Mm -hmm. the publishers you know what i mean mm -hmm. the publishers are there mm -hmm. to produce the game get it out there get the money in for their investors you know vision being a visionary is not on the on the money sheet you know what i'm saying the money sheet is just being able to produce <laughs> something and that's it right and so right. they're looking for the roi that, that's it yeah it I mean, yeah right and and i kind of wonder sometimes with gamers and again i get it because i think it's just been the attitude and climate of how games have been churned out over the last 15 to 20 years that we've kind of forgotten what it's like to have an innovation in gaming you know what i mean and it's just it's, oh it's man it's so wild. true it's, it's been yeah. wild you know so yes. that might be it okay so we got a couple good comments in the in here uh zip zip splat says visionaries to production versus capitalizing on the production of visionaries mm, interesting uh Kita, one thing I to thought. remember that the ed crew is much smaller than the sc crew so that also that makes a difference true. right um mm -hmm. let's see rap scallywag i certainly was tired of rushed games uh, that promised so much, but eventually came short. And then Jiru says, as a game developer, I would say the idea of doing something that hasn't been done makes it difficult to scope out work. Very good point. The unknown. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Let me give a quick shout out to Jiro. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, can I can I say something? Sure, real quick? go ahead, man. Um, one of go my ahead. guys, he 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 sent me a DM, and he had a great point. He said, "You know who had a vision? A nation to go to the moon. We made that happen." Yeah, and he is right, man. I love ambition, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. No, that's mm -hmm. that's very true. That's very true. Couldn't agree more. Okay, well, listen. Let's jump into this next video. This is the one that we were talking about before the show uh, that we Here's think you guys will be excited about. Now, this is done in 2012. And it was done by the former editor of PC Magazine. And he actually got Chris Roberts and David Braben together to talk about their games while they were at the Kickstarter, right after the Kickstarter mm -hmm. modes for their games. So I think you guys will find, I'd never seen this one. I've seen a lot of other early videos, but I had not seen this one until I started doing the research, research yeah. for this show. So take a look at this and I think you guys will dig what you see. And can I can I pop in on one thing? Yep. I'm surprised at how little people have ever seen these. The view count on these are below a hundred thousand. I know, isn't it is weird? I know you would think you think the community itself wow. would have had more than enough to see it, right? But it's it's right. interesting. Here we go. Neither community. Hello and welcome to this uh, special podcast. I'm Gary Witter, I'm the former editor-in-chief of PC Gamer I'm here in San Francisco. And joining me today are two of my personal gaming heroes, two guys whose games I played growing up, hope it doesn't age them too much, uh, and wrote about as a games journalist. And I'm now very excited to, to uh, see and play what they've got coming up next. They both have huge projects uh, currently in the works through Kickstarter. Uh, and I'm going to introduce them both. Joining me from uh, Los Angeles is uh, Chris Roberts. Hi, Chris. Hey, Gary. How are you doing? I'm very well. And of course, people will know Chris as the creator of uh, Wing Commander and Privateer and Freelancer. Really one of the big pioneers in the whole world of uh, space combat, space exploration games. Uh, and also joining me from uh, Cambridge in England, uh, David Braben, perhaps the grandfather, godfather, whatever you want to call him, of space combat space exploration the co-creator of the original classic elite from what am i right 83 84 david 84 yeah when it first come out 84 84 yeah on the on the um on the bbc micro and uh, later on on 8-bit and 16-bit systems and then it had a sequel in the form of uh, frontier elite 2 and now even that is coming back this elite i gotta say is my n the number one game of all time that i wanted to see come back I know you've been working on it a long time, so I'm so excited to see it happening in, in this way. 
and uh, I'm very uh, honored to to have been asked to to come here and kind of bring you two guys together. And basically, the point of this podcast is to talk a little bit about the the where you where you two guys are with your with your projects right now through Kickstarter. And I, we were just saying before the podcast, I got to say. This is tremendously great of you guys, even though people might imagine that you're both working on big space combat type games. There are some commonalities between the two games, both being funded through Kickstarter. One might imagine that you two guys are rivals, but here you are actually uh, trying to actively help uh, promote and talk about each other's properties. I don't remember when I was a game journalist developers being this nice. Uh, <laughs> are, we, are, we all just, are we all just getting mellow in our old age? What's going on? Why are you guys actually trying to help each other out? You should be each other's throats. We have a common goal. I think that we, we both we both love the uh, the sort of game that Wing Commander, the Elite, represented from I don't know whatever it is two decades more ago, three decades ago even, and they're the sort of games that I really really love to play. And ironically, there hasn't been that sort of game for a good um, ten years, more than that. And so, from the, from the publisher point of view, a publisher doesn't really know how successful such a game is going to be. And that's what both Chris and I are essentially up against. Chris, yeah, no, right. that makes a good point. What did happen to the, the, to the Space Combat game? Wing Commander was, was a huge, huge franchise back in the day. Elite is one of, the, one, of the, one of the biggest and most successful games of all time. So why did the Space Combat genre just go away? Uh, well, I, I mean, I have, a, I have a theory, but partly it's because, you know, there was a shift from PC to uh, console games around right about sort of the end of uh, the 90s, you know, the turn of the... The, the century and uh, the 21st century and I think what happened is when consoles first came around you know people didn't think of sims being on a console they thought of sports games and they thought of platforms and they, and they thought of car driving simulations and stuff like that and so when the first round of games were made those were not the kind of games that were getting greenlit on the consoles and if you remember even first person shooters didn't exist on consoles back then and everyone said oh first person shooter can never work on a console you don't have a mouse you can't do all this and then Infinity Ward fought Activision actively to get to essentially get Modern Warfare on a console, and now one of the biggest genre on a console is the first-person shooter. And I think that any genre needs a developer, like a lead developer, or someone that's got some clout to be really pushing uh, a particular genre. And uh, you know, in the case of say first-person shooters, you had uh, you know the Bungie guys doing Halo, you had the Infinity Ward guys doing the Call of Duty stuff, and uh, you know you had. Uh, you know, it doing the, uh, you know, doing doing their stuff, but uh, and you had you know people the same on action and platformers and on the consoles, but on the space sim side, there wasn't really anyone. And you know what it's like in the film business; everyone's like, "Hey, westerns are dead," or "Sci-fi films are dead," and you know, then Avatar <laughs> comes along with those two point seven billion dollars. It's like, no, it's just you need a good one. And so I think there probably hasn't been a good, uh, sci you know, a space sim of the style of a, an elite or a wing commander over the last 10 years. And so that's one of the reasons why you haven't particularly seen it being a major genre. And I, I hope what's happening right now is you're seeing a bit of a resurgence. And I hope what David's doing and what I'm doing are, are going to put it back on the map. Because I think once we finish our games and get them going, they'll have an audience of uh, several million people. And it will be enough that publishers should pay attention. Yeah, I mean, also that. I know that since um, since the last Elite game uh, uh, many years ago, you've been you've been trying. I think you know fairly constantly, at the very least on and off, to try and get the next big version of Elite um, out there. Did, did you did you experience any any kind of pushback from traditional publishers about the space combat genre not being in fashion anymore? I mean, what, what's your journey been like from here to there? Well, yes, I mean, we've done it as a sort of a background skunk works of it for quite a time, and we've sort of it's been very stop stop. 
but the the issue with publishers is publishers very much want to see um, they want to see sort of an approach story based gaming. They also, you know, when you put the schedule, you have to a, a paper design is something that's not very good. And if you if you want to be able to experiment to get it just right, I mean, if you um, look at what actually is is the game? I think um, Chris and I are actually making quite different games. I think that's what's important. It's just an element of the setting that's important. It's making them in a science fiction setting. Um, you, I'm sure you guys uh, both know Gary Penn, but uh, he first described GTA to me as elite in a city. You know, and it's the right. it's the kind of freedom that these uh, that these games give you that I think. Um, is also what appeals to me. But if you were to say that to a publisher, they go, oh, don't be silly. That's not that's not what we're talking about. You know, it's not the freedom that's important. We want a rich, we want an epic story and all, all, of, all of that side. Uh, and to me, the um, both games, I think, are absolutely, I want to play, but they're so different. I mean, Star Citizen Elite, uh, Elite Dangerous, where we're going, that it's a bit like there's not, if there were, say, there hadn't been a science fiction film set in space for a very long time, would we see them? I mean, we see, seem to see in the film world uh, get, uh, films coming along almost like buses. You wait for ages and then several come in the same genre all at the same time. And then suddenly you see film companies going, oh, we want another one of those. That was great. That sold absolutely huge numbers. And I think really that's what we're doing. We're trying to um, essentially reclaim something that existed uh, a decade or two ago, and we, we really believe in it, and that's what we're doing. And I think that's why it's really exciting. That's why people in the games business essentially want to see this happen. That's why I think Kickstarter is fantastic. Well, and what's interesting, of course, is that everyone these days loves the idea of freeform exploration, what they call sandbox gaming. Elite was doing sandbox before that was even a word. Well, the irony was that um, Elite was the sort of game that the publishers at the time really didn't want. I'm sure this echoes with what, what Chris said. Uh, one of the, um, Ian and I first showed the game in a relatively nearly complete form to Thorny MI. And they loved this, oh, it's a fantastic graphical demo. Um, but what do you mean it takes weeks to play? We want something which will play in about 10 minutes. We want, we want, I mean, they, they were very obsessed with what we later called the coin drop. You know, they, they wanted three lives and they wanted it to be snackable. They wanted something where you'd play, you'd maybe get a fourth life if you crossed a score of 10,000. They were horrified by the idea that you wouldn't have a score and that cash would go backwards, that you'd spend it. They really didn't like that. And I've got, I've got a rejection letter that lists what I would consider to be the key features of the game. <laughs> you know, they, they wanted us to get rid of having saved positions you had to be able to play through in 10 minutes, maybe a bit longer if you were really, really good. Uh, and they wanted more of a sort of wave-based approach to the game. It was, would have been a completely different game. And these days it would have disappeared. You know, we fought for that and eventually did find some like-minded people in a company that I don't see as, as a traditional publisher. They don't, it was um, Acornsoft attached to Acorn who, um, they got excited by it as individuals more so than as a, in a corporate manner and it was such a small organization it didn't really matter the distinction and that that was how how elite originally got made but it was very different to what was around at the time well of course you know times obviously have changed since uh since the the, the 80s when we were all first getting started out and of course back in the day uh when a lot of the the biggest hit games were created just by one or two people in a you know out of their garage or their or their spare bedroom 
uh, that you could kind of go around the traditional publisher model and just kind of you know, do it on your own. But these days, to, to make the kind of games on, this, on the kind of scale that, that have evolved into today, you do need huge teams and millions of dollars. So you've got the choice of either trying to convince a publisher, which seems harder and harder to do these days, or follow this new Kickstarter model. So I want to ask Chris, obviously your Kickstarter has been phenomenally successful. And I think that, um, that it's, it's, it's clearly one of the, along with the, the, the Double Fine game and a couple of others, has emerged as one of the big standard bearers for just what's public, uh, possible through Kickstarter financing on a, on a grand scale. Did you, um, did you gravitate towards Kickstarter immediately as, as the way to, to fund uh, uh, and uh, make this game work? Or did you uh, consider going the traditional publisher route? Or do you just feel like that's just not the, the, the way you want to do business anymore? Uh, on this particular, uh, for, so, so on Star Citizen, I was, I was not thinking that the traditional publisher route was making a lot of sense because I don't really see what you get uh, from a traditional publisher in sort of that online PC format. Uh, I mean, if you take a look at some of the biggest successes on on the PC in that in that world, I mean, it's League of Legends with Riot and it's uh, World of Tanks with Wargaming.net, and neither one of those guys, uh, you know, well, Riot was nobody; they weren't a publisher at all. And Wargaming.net were this tiny little publisher based in the Ukraine that like no one had really heard of. So I don't think whether EA's behind you or not was making a, or Activision was behind you was making a massive difference. Whether as long as you have a great game, I think. There's a sort of democracy that happens out in the PC world, uh, especially online, that you, that I, I don't think you're getting a benefit of what you get with a you know, big box publisher. I mean, you know, a big box publisher gets you into storefronts all around the world, uh, you know, is, has sort of the clout for that and can really sort of orchestrate a marketing campaign in those sort of traditional channels. Uh, but on the online world, I, I don't really see it kind of working. I mean, I think the, the only, uh, you know, big publisher that really is successful in that is Activision, and that's really just because they merged with Blizzard and Blizzard had built that business up. So that was kind of why I went this way. I wasn't I wasn't ever considering, um, you know, sort of going the traditional publisher route. I mean, if I was doing a Wing Commander and it was a console game, yes, I definitely, I mean, obviously I'll be doing that with Electronic Arts. It's just uh, for Star Citizen, I sort of never felt that it, it made a lot of sense to go the old fashioned route. And David, what was the tipping point for you when you when you figured out that Kickstarter was was the way you were going to try and do this new version of Elite? Was it was it when you began to see some of these game projects become very successful through, through Kickstarter, or were you already thinking about an alternative model before even that? Well, we, we were already thinking of an alternative model before we saw Star Citizen. The the challenges are from the UK um, doing Kickstarter was the first sort of hurdle. There's also um, sort of timing and availability for that. I mean, when we saw Star Citizen, it was obviously watched it with great interest. Um, but, uh, you know, and the, the, the Double Fine project I thought was very interesting. That was where I think we, we realised that it was a serious uh, proposition. Um, you know, in terms of uh, what Chris is saying, it's a very, very similar logic. I mean, one of the things that we want to do is once the game comes out, we want it to be, uh, to, for us to be able to be quite reactive, quite live, you know, bringing in new features, improving things. We want the game to very much evolve over time. And in order to do that, it's actually quite hard to do that in a conventional contractual delivery structure where um, you end up being beholden to things that are no longer the most important things. So you've got to be with uh, or have an arrangement that has that level of flexibility in it. And it's quite hard to create that, you know, and this seems to be ex an extremely good solution to do it, both in terms of we got very got direct connection with the fans and also, you know, the the a lot of the constraints that come in and get in the way just aren't there and i think that's fantastic 
So, and, and, so you and Chris have both touched on this now. Obviously, it, it does sound very appealing, the idea of kind of removing the publishers and the studio and all the people that you might be standing between you and, and trying to make the game that you want to make. You, you have a much more direct financial relationship with your audience. Is there a downside to that? Are you, are you, are you, you've got a lot, instead of, instead of a publisher writing the checks, you've got a lot, you've got tens of thousands of, of, of stakeholders in this game. Is that, is, is that a different kind of pressure? Very much. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's interesting with, with Kickstarter that, um, you know, there, there are a lot of um, questions come through all the time, people concerned at various, various different aspects of the game. But actually, it gives you a very good feel uh, and a lot of the questions are actually a lot more sensible than some of the questions that in my time I've seen from publishers. Um, yes, it's, I, I think the world is changing at such a rate, it's, it's very interesting to see where this goes, other than the fact it's going in a very good direction as far as I can see. Okay, so that's the uh, the first one. We're gonna watch part two to that. There are four parts to this, guys, and I'll put the links in for the first two. We're not gonna watch all of them. But uh, was there anything in particular that stuck out to you, Dark Knight, in that conversation that they were having? You're muted, I think. My, my, oh, yeah, I was muted. Okay. Um, you know, in, in, in this first part, I, I took a lot of notes for this thing. Anyway, um, I, I, I wanted a few things that, uh, th that they both argued is that they're both two different games, but in, in the same genre. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things I was, you know, comparing it to was the idea of Star Trek versus Star Wars. There's no versus because they're two different, completely different genres mm -hmm. or in the same genre, but completely different um, storylines. So mm -hmm. they're, they're relatable in the fact that they're both in space that they have spaceships that they have warp or this or that but they're completely different uh you know it's completely different uh titles cool uh the same goes for elite mm. um and then you know both of them decided for go to publisher route neither one of them wanted to do publishing uh mm. they thought it was a good idea to go kickstarter obviously you know star citizen came first and david baben watched and they paid attention and they thought it was going to uh, be a good thing but the, you know the last part was just they're emphasis on being a part of a community, being close to their communities, um, and being able to, uh, to, to be part, you know, to hurt, uh, learn from their communities and that, that Kickstarter and, uh, and other crowdfunding was, uh, was, you know, uh, a thing to drive that catalyst, okay. uh, if I want to say. Okay, cool. Sci-fi setting. Yes. Yes. Sci-fi mm -hmm. setting, not yeah. a story. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I meant. You dig. What about you? Anything stick out to you with that part of the conversation? Oh, I love when he was talking about how publishers expected three lives. Mm, <laughs> I was yeah. dying when he said yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They were really about the bottom yeah. line. You talk about the coin drop, yeah. right? The coin drop. Yeah. So that's where, that's yeah. all they were thinking about was, you know, how do we translate, you know, what we see in arcades and stuff that's immediate money. Boom. That's it. It, it blew me away. He said, like, 10 minutes of gameplay. Like, what? Are you serious? You know? <laughs> that's, that's wild. Pretty man. crazy, you know? <laughs> But it, level. but it also says something about how <laughs> games are being driven by the publishers more than the developers. That that says something. The people who have the yeah. money are the ones who are dictating, you know, the tone of the games that we get. And unless you have a developer mm -hmm. that's willing to push outside of that, which is why you've got so many people doing independent developing, right? They're taking a chance. They may not have the big bucks behind them, but they want to be able to create the game that they want to be able to create. You know, I think that's such a beautiful thing because then we get 
elites and star citizens and yeah and all that stuff yeah and um mm-hmm. you know if you could do it on your own then like uh there might be some burgeoning uh developers in in the audience man mm-hmm. hey develop that thing that there's so many tools right now mm-hmm. to where like even people like me i would not have a platform if i had to go through like somebody and then negotiate my mm-hmm. way up mm-hmm. and I love it, man. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I love the film analogies too, because yeah. that's like that's my, you know, it's part of my background is film, mm-hmm. and uh, there there are so so many similarities because these days, um, the people who greenlight films are are um, like businessmen, right? Business majors right. or masters, you know, people that have a masters in business, mm-hmm. and they don't have a creativity mm-hmm. uh, background behind them, but they they're the ones who say this film is going, this one is not. Yeah. I also found it interesting in Braben's comments about how, like you, to your point, Dig, about the movie industry. He says, once you get a movie that hits, then all they want to do is recreate and make more of those same type of videos. Exactly. So, Let's do it again. Right. And so we saw when <laughs> Star Citizen and Elite came out, all of a sudden we had this big rush. If you guys remember from 2012 to 2015, 16, it was like all these games started coming out that was space related. I even remember, remember there was that one Call of Duty where you went into space, remember? And people oh, were, yeah, people yeah. were mad about it because it was really nothing but a bunch of sequences. <laughs> but people kept saying, oh, this is going to kill Star Citizen. This is going to kill Elite. Oh, really? And, they and, were saying and, that? Oh, dude. Some of you guys might, look at them. They remember that stuff. And Jaja remembers. People were talking about that Call of Duty game was going to blow everything out the water. And they found out that stuff was nothing but a bunch of scenes that were pre-cut. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, fast cars this he remembers okay let's look at part two real quick and then we're gonna keep it moving here okay pepper's farm remembers you remember <laughs> so i want to i wanted to i i don't want to kickstart it too much i want to ask you guys one more question about it and then we'll move on to the games themselves but i want to just check in on the status of your, of your kickstarters right now chris i'm going to say kudos to you dude this is pretty amazing so you started out you had a five hundred thousand dollar goal you're currently at two million one hundred thirty-four thousand. So you're funded more than four times over. Wow. Uh, yeah. Have you, have you been surprised well, by the response? I mean, do you, do you have more money well, yeah. than you know what to do at this point or what? Oh yeah. Well, so also, Gary, you may not have. Uh, I'm not sure if you checked, but uh, it's a lot more than uh, two. So basically, when we ran the crowdfunding, I actually, I, the primary amount of crowdfunding has been directly on the Robert Space Industry side. It hasn't been on Kickstarter. Oh, so this is this is this, the Kickstarter part is just a portion of the whole total. We're basically almost at seven million. I, I, I'm what? A quick recap. Why are you even here? I would be on a beach in Belize. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. No, so we're at six million nine hundred forty-two thousand dollars. So we're wow. we'll be at seven million in the next week or so. And then uh, how, how, how does that track with what you originally felt like you needed to make? Is is that more than you felt like you needed, and you could be able to scale the game up? Like, how does that work? Well, well, definitely, I can, no, definitely, I can add more detail. But essentially, I, I did a deal with I, I'd already sort of lined up private equity for the game because the game I'm making I Thanks can't so make lefty. for two million or <laughs> three million dollars is more than that. Um, but I lined thank up some private you. equity, and uh, the crowdfunding was meant to be a portion of the funding, not um, all the funding. Uh, and essentially, the crowdfunding was sort of uh, demonstrating demand that it's an audience because I'm dealing with people that you know everyone's like you know even though. They kind of believe it. You sort of have to prove to them that there's the that that's the audience there, uh, and so that's one thing that you can do on the crowdfunding side. Uh, but um, you know, for me, uh, it's uh, anyway, it's it's been great because what it really means I can do is I can sort of have a lot more content in the world uh, at the beginning. So like the downside of the approach I'm taking versus what David's taking with Elite is that 
you know, a lot of my sort of world is crafted, right? So a lot of the way, you know, some of the really cool stuff about Elite is it's sort of procedural and it lets you have this massive universe you can explore around. And, you know, I'm sort of taking it from a different angle, which is I'm sort of crafting, um, you know, much more sort of specific content and story content. And so what that means is my world is naturally going to be smaller than David's world because his is sort of a big, huge procedural world. And, you know, there's, like I said, that's why I think both games have their their place, and there's gonna there's gonna be people that will play both and have a good time playing both. About ten days into our, our own crowdfunding on our campaign, we sort of also opened up Kickstarter because there's definitely an audience on Kickstarter that they hang together, they like the fun games, they uh, you know it's almost like they they love to pick the games they want to fund. And I see groups of people move from one project to another project on Kickstarter, and I look at my back, a lot of my backers and. And they all, you know, they fund a lead and 10 other projects. So there's definitely sort of a separate ecosystem in Kickstarter does it. So we folded in Kickstarter and Kickstarter was approximately, uh, you know, just under a third of, our, of the money that we raised. But, uh, you know, for me, all of that's great. I mean, it's just what's really nice about this whole thing is you're cutting out the publisher. Because all publishers do is give you money for the game. They go, oh, I think you'll have lots of people pay you for this game. So I'm going to front the game. I'm going to front you the money. And I'm going to take, you know, basically I'm going to own it and control it and I'll give you a little cut of it. And so if you can cut that out, then from someone that's so creative and a developer, it's much better because, I mean, you're still selling to the same people, but you have control. You, you have the kind of problems that I want to have. Too many people trying to give me money all at once. That's a good problem to have. Um, David, I want to, I want to check in with, with your Kickstarter. It looks like you're basically kind of at the halfway mark, right? You launched about a month ago. And it looks like you're about halfway towards your uh, your funding goal with 30, 30 days left to go. It's like what? So what do you do at the halfway mark, other than little events like this to try and promote the game? Obviously, you don't just sit back and, and hope the, the the totalizer kind of reaches where you want it to go. Is it an active process? What are you trying to do to make sure you hit your goal at this point? Oh, absolutely. We've we've been putting content up on the site all the time. Um, we've got um, development diaries, which we've just done the second one of. Um, and also, you know, we're, we're looking um, to see what people are, you know, what people are querying, what people are most concerned about, most interested about, and trying to make sure we answer those things. But also trying to get across, you know, both how we make the game, where we are now, and what things in the game that we really care about. And really, that is great because it really vindicates the, um, or not, you know, the thinking, seeing how people respond to what we're doing in the game. Uh, the one we recently put up was about how we expect the galaxy to evolve. And we, you know, it evolves very, very slowly, but it evolves in a way that is sort of very dependent on how the players play. So, so elements like that all feed in to the game design. And we are looking, we are being, being very sort of aware of what people are saying in terms of the game design. And we expect that to happen. We expect the work to actually start once we, once we get funding. You know, I mean, that's the... Um, the great challenge, and I'm sure that's where Chris is now, thinking, right, we've got to make this thing, we've got to deliver, that's the, that's the, the challenge, but that's, the, that's why, that's what we're here for. I mean, yeah. do you, it, 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 it obviously is very attractive to get rid of the old publisher model uh, for, for all kinds of reasons I can imagine, but like, do, is it, do you, there's a, do you feel more pressure, is it more scary feeling directly responsible to 100,000 uh, game player stakeholders or to just like one John Richardello type character? Like what, what's actually scarier to you? Well, I think it's a huge responsibility. I mean, we, we've tried it uh, at Frontier um, a few times now. You've, you've possibly seen the Lost Winds games, um, which have done um, pretty good for us in terms of numbers. They've done very well. I mean, our games are very proud of. Um, and what we've got to do is um, 
it, it's have a mentality where you, you do have to make sure the quality is there, the delivery is there, you know, and, and those things really, really important to the game. But actually, it's it's easier than I expect in many ways, and in some ways harder than expect. Where you, you do, as you say, you don't have the person sort of shouting in your ear. But actually, your own sort of judge of quality is is such a strong driver. You know, wanting to do something that's really good. You know, I, I've had. Um, bad publisher arrangements in the past, which would be an absolute nightmare. And, and those, especially for this kind of game, are what is, is really the problem. That's the way you end up with bad games, where you have people in conflict. So Chris, it's good that I've got you both on the line right now, because you are, you are in kind of different uh, stages of your evolution right now. You're already kind of sitting on a huge pile of cash. Uh, you've had a wildly successful Kickstarter. You're wildly overfunded. And uh, right next to you is, is David, who's right in the middle of like, let's say the halfway point, both in terms of time and the funding goals he has for, for, uh, for Elite. Do you have any advice from him at this point? Like, how does he get to where he wants to in, in, in the, the home stretch in these last 30 days? What, what should he be doing? First of all, by the way, on your previous question about whether it's more scary dealing with uh, John Riccatello or the crowd, uh, John Riccatello is a, is a teddy bear. So <laughs> the, the thing is that the crowd... You know, there's a lot of them, and I really feel the pressure, and I think David probably will do too, yeah. is we've got to deliver. We can't, you know, I mean, I can, you know, you can fob off a publisher. You can be like, hey, we're going to run late on this milestone, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, as long as your relationship's mostly good and the, the, the publisher really kind of wants your game, they'll, they'll, they'll give you a bunch of slack. Whereas with the crowd, I feel like if I'm late on a milestone or late on something, I'm going to have to have a really good reason for them, and I'm going to have to... Uh, uh, you know, explain it to them and and and, and all that sort of stuff because it's a hundred thousand people. It's there's, there's some energy with the crowd that makes you want to you know you, you feel like you can't really uh, slide on it. Uh, but I, but I would say the 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 biggest the, the biggest thing that uh, I I, uh, I noticed uh, by the way I, I apologize. I have a, this is Monday's garbage equipment pick up. So you you're hearing a, a massive garbage truck outside. But will you <laughs> your extra cash you don't know what to do with uh, oh no no trust me is you we know other budgets of these kind of games i mean yeah maybe a lot by dignified crowdfunding standard but by you know making a, a high-end triple a game it's not really that much money um but no i would say the biggest thing is um that, that my experiences on the crowdfunding is is really that uh the things that are important are to the constant sort of back and forth with the community um interacting with them which david's doing taking sort of taking on their suggestion i mean you don't have they're not designing the game, but you should certainly listen to them. I mean, you've got like this great free focus group that loves, you know, they believe in what you're doing. So they're the best people. They're much better than a publishing executive yeah. to listen to because a publishing executive really isn't your audience. This is your audience. So that's really important. And they want frequent updates. So, I mean, my big advice, it's it's more difficult for David because he's in the middle of it. But I would say anyone that's doing crowdfunding, I mean, I didn't do this either myself, is I would have... If I was ever doing it again, I would prepare a hell of a lot more content up front, and then I would release it over the campaign mm. because everyone wants something every day. I mean, that is the downside of the internet culture, the 24-7. I mean, first of all, you know, David's got it, I've got it, we've got backers all around the world. So they mm. don't care whether it's like the middle of the night for us or it's the weekend. It's like they literally want someone to interact with them every single second of the day. And so, you know, that's pretty exhausting. Uh, you know, I... And to a certain level, I think that both of us don't mind it because it's really cool to have people that just love this game and are willing to give us money to make it happen. But it's still pretty exhausting. So, you know, teeing up content is not—it's not easy, right? It's like, I mean, I mean, well, you know, David, we both we both made games for a long time. Making, you know, having stuff that we're proud of to show people takes time. You can't do it in an hour. You like, so everyone's like, "Where's my update today?" Or "Where's, my, right. where's my video?" And that's. And that's you know difficult to do. I mean, we all we try and do it, but I, I do think that there is there's a level of that that 
Uh, people don't necessarily understand how much work it takes to do that. Um, and you know, David's doing it. I, you know, I, I did a bunch of it, but I would say that kind of stuff. Uh, the more that you do, the the the, the better. And uh, then my, the last thing I would say that was really insightful, useful for me was that there were some situations where we actually reached back out to the community and asked them, say, hey, these are we can go left or right here. Um, what would you like? We ran, we actually ran quite a few polls with our community. Um, you know, like for instance, uh, we have a lot of add-ons, and I think that was the reason why let us uh, raise more money was because we sort of made this sort of microtransaction, if you will, inside the crowdfunding side. Not so much because that's necessarily how we plan to make a vast amount of money once the game happens, but it was sort of a way to almost gamify the uh, the crowd the crowdfunding, and people were kind of into it. They wanted to collect the different ships and all the rest of yeah. stuff. And it helped us drive our average pledge up. David, I think it's kind of fascinating that both of you guys are working on games where a big aspect of the design is... is... I'm going to close my window. trade and supply and demand. And, and both of you guys are kind of getting a real life, a, a real time lesson in a new kind of economics, even as you build these games. Are you, are you having a, a similar journey to Chris in terms of figuring out what kind of incentives and what kinds of uh, tiers... Uh, your your backers will respond to and, and and overall do you feel like you're having a more of a more of a direct conversation with your audience as you're building the game than you would in a traditional publishing arrangement yeah, absolutely I mean one of the things we've we've also added um, tiers that you can add on to your pledge of things like whether it's a model spaceship uh, or t-shirts mugs all that sort of thing um, with all of those things I mean I, I think one of the things that I think um, we weren't as prepared for Kickstarter as we definitely should have been with hindsight but I think that's going to be true with everybody in the sense that you always want more preparation. Had we been more prepared, we'd still want to have been more prepared with, with material ready to go. Uh, so, I mean, what I, I, every day I think is how amazing the amount of support that have come from fans of the game. And it's really heartening to see the positivity towards the game, the love for the game, how much people care about it. And they've spent a lot of their time, for which I'm eternally grateful, evangelizing the game on sites to their friends and all that sort of thing. You know, it's great to see how word of mouth is working and very heartening. I mean, the thing here is we are building the game for ourselves. And I feel for a while, we, you're often building a game for a particular market when you're with a publisher. They say, oh, we're aiming for this target market. Uh, and so that slightly decouples you from dodging, well, well how difficult do I want to make it? You know, how, how big a surprise do I want it to be? How hard do I want it to be to be able to do this or whatever? You know, do, do I, what kind of involvement do I want with the game? Do I want it to be purely multiplayer? Do I want single player? All of these sort of things are things that it's been very, very clear from the fans, what they really want, what they care about. And interesting, the platforms that people are talking about are actually slightly different to what we're usually used to delivering on. So all of these things are different, you know, and, and I absolutely agree with, with Chris, you know, that, that talking about sort of bringing back the PC game. It's amazing how much in this industry is to some extent fashion-led in the sense that people see PC games performing slightly less and so assume the PC game is dead. But then you, you start to think, well, what is the PC? You know, is, uh, is a tablet you carry around that's running a, a sort of like a PC, a PC? You know, it, it just changes with time and, and so does the audience. But it, I know a lot of people who are gamers in the original sense, who feel they've been left out. And, and it's those people that, that I think we have a chance here of, of really um, sort of bringing back to the fore, if you like.
okay let me run this past you guys dig that um you know obviously these two game models are being were being funded in the beginning they both started out with kickstarters uh chris talked about how the fact that he actually started the kickstarter model as a way of showing if there was really any demand if people really wanted to see a game like star citizen be made uh and initially i think you already know some other people know that chris already had had investors that were going to put up money as well um Star Citizen has made some promises in the sense of how funding will be done. We know it's right now being done through backing and ships of like premiums, things of that nature. But <clears throat> there's always been this thing about when the game comes out, Squadron 42 is what you're going to pay for. Uh, you'll pay this one-time payment for Star Citizen. And after that, you can earn what you want to in-game. Uh, Elite Dangerous has gone a different way. Uh, they've gone with what is similar in some ways to DLC. Um, for those of you who were in in the early days, there was an actual package you could buy in the very beginning. If you bought that package, you got all updates, all, all DLCs, DLCs, you got everything, right? But that's only if you were around in the early days. Um, <laughs> they later often more what was like a Game Pass version of where you could get DLCs as well. But just recently, we had to, was ready to go to Odyssey, we had to, there was this next phase again i think was it horizons was the last one they didn't charge for engineers engineers there was no charge for if i'm remembering correctly is that correct uh guys it was just the horizons update it was just horizons so right was, you're right right that included the engineers landing on planets um okay. all of that okay so then we get to odyssey and then we do have a patch i think for if you wanted to if you wanted to do the alpha testing i'm giving us dollars here it was, I think it was $54.99 if you wanted to come in and do the alpha testing. If you wanted to pre-order, it was $39.99. Uh, I came in a week before the launch. I paid $34.99 and that got me the game and it got me the soundtrack. And if you wanted to just get the game only, it was $29.99, okay? So I wanna ask Dig and Dig first and I'm coming to you, Dark Knight. Um, how do you feel about that model? Because obviously, you know, there's some people who are gonna say, well, if I paid for the full game, why am I paying for this other stuff? But it goes back to our hey. comment earlier about, is Colossal here? Oh, Colossal's here. Yep. Okay, give me video and I'll get you up, buddy. Uh, I'm up, I've been up. Oh, you're, oh, well, I'm sorry, okay, there you go. No, 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 I'm sorry, I, I had an emergency <laughs> board meeting. Oh, okay, no <laughs> problem. All right, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get Colossal in here while Dig that is answering this question. Dig, the reality is, is that Elite still has to generate money. They still got to bring in money because they are still in development. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think recently they've kind of um, looked at Star Citizen's model and started integrating that with their own. And and I don't mean that in no disrespectful way, but because I was taking a look, I was with my boy. We was taking a look at the, the Frontier store, which actually they've moved everything to an Elite Danger store. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so like paints, ship paints, they was always like somewhere between like uh, a couple dollars to like seven dollars, something like that. Mm -hmm. So now that they got the space legs going, they do. You know how much the things are? <laughs> you can spend tw $20 on 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 getting the, um some cosmetics for your suit and your guns and all that stuff. Not the guns, but the suits. I mean, the guns are still like seven bucks, but so i think they're taking a look at that and seeing and looking at uh other avenues of, of revenue okay but yeah yeah the models were different 
and they still are, mm-hmm. but th- I think that elite is starting to see how that the, the, the revenue is out there and they're, they're trying to approach that from a little bit different perspective, but still like generate that revenue similar to star citizen. Okay. Okay. DK, what about you? Any thoughts on that about the difference in the revenue models? Yeah, I, I, I echo what uh, what Dig was saying. And then, um, you know, adding on top of that is, you know, in the same way, uh, they still need to have funding in order to continue to make the game that, you know, that David Raven wants. And since they're not doing crowdfunding anymore, now they're relying on these DLC, these packages, these, you know, paints and ship skins and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's their way of making money. And then also, you know, bringing in more revenue from game sales itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, with the, you know, with the new DLCs and things like that, yeah, they they I think they're doing what they need to do to make the money and i agree with dig you know that they're trying to work on a new model to bring uh to 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 rake it you know bring in some cash because Mm -hmm. um you know like they still want to do more stuff to the game and that's going to require more money um and obviously they can't sell ships so Mm -hmm. they got to do what they can on uh, any other way okay let me throw this out because me i'm gonna since since my other half over here colossals here now i got the two i got the two elite pros over there and i got the two elite rookies over here right i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a question (laughs) to you guys now let me throw this at you real quick i'm gonna throw this on the screen okay now i didn't know about this dark knight dig i didn't know about this because when i left the game you were still able to go to you know how you used to go into the launcher and they would show you like all the little the the um the things you could buy, right? You could buy the bobbleheads, right. you could buy the paints and all that. That was when I was deep into the game during Horizons, when that was still around, right? So then when I come back this time, I go to the launcher, I don't see none of that stuff. I'm like, man, well, how, you know, how do you find this stuff? So I go into Odyssey, right? And I go to the terminal and I'm like, oh, here's your gun and here's your suit and here's these items you can buy. And it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I got a couple million credits on me. Let me go ahead and buy this stuff. And then I get in there, yeah, you laughing. I get in there and find out that none of them credits mean squat. I couldn't buy anything. And so it caught me so off guard because that wasn't there before. And then I say, oh, then it says click on this to go. And the next thing you know, this website thing pops up and y'all gotta help me out here because I was an elite, an Eve player. And in Eve, we had something very similar. Elite has arcs. I knew nothing Mm -hmm. about this. We had Plex in, in Eve arcs and so and i know you guys can't see it because it's in small print so so bear with me here i will very quickly i'm gonna make this big so y'all can see it on the screen before i grab the wrong one hang on i'm gonna make this real big for a hot second on the screen for you guys because i was blown away by this and i was a little bit taken back but it's real so i can't be mad at them because i know they're trying to generate some funding okay so you get five thousand arcs for 399 which is over here on the left. And then on the far right, the biggest amount you can pay is, I think it's $59.99 and you get 85,000 arcs, okay? Mm -hmm. And then now that's the currency you have to use in game if you want to buy 
like the cosmetics and stuff. Is that correct, guys? Am I am I am yes. I hearing that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And, and and I ain't gonna lie, they 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 were very smart to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does leave a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth because <laughs> you, you, nothing costs exactly that amount of arcs that you right. can buy. So what you end up with <laughs> is leftover arcs. You're like, well, I might as well spend that. So you buy some more arcs, <laughs> and, and I can't buy the next thing because I don't have enough arcs. <laughs> yeah, okay. it ends up being a loot, man. Okay. Okay, so is this the, I'm not saying this in a bad way. I know they have to find ways to generate money. How is that, how does the elite community feel about that? I mean, were they receptive to it? Were they were like, whoa, wait a minute. Where were, where were they at with that when, when, when this arcs thing popped up? Well, some people's head blew. <laughs> and I don't, you know, and I don't blame them because they, they changed the model. You know, it was just like you could go in there and, uh, you know, you could go to the store and buy what you wanted for the actual cash. And it was the exact amount, you know, so $4.99 for yeah. a I okay. paid $4.99 for a shift skin, you know, plus my tax. But now I got to pay, you know, what, five bucks to get 5000 And I paid five bucks, but I'm not using all of that $5. Mm. So they, I'm not using all of it. So next time I want to do something, I either got to earn the arcs because you can earn the arcs in game, mm-hmm. uh, which takes a while because they only give you a certain amount per week. Or you can't earn or them in game. I can go to the store. You can earn them in game. Yes, up to 400 per week. Yeah. Up to 400 per week. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that what That's it? Yeah. 400 <laughs> arcs per week. That's all you get. Wow. <laughs> So no wait a minute. So you say no matter how much you grind, there's a cutoff per week that you there's can... a cutoff per week, right? So wow. if you really want that ship skin, and, and actually right now, if you really want that suit skin for mm-hmm. your Odyssey character, mm-hmm. it might cost you ten dollars, eleven dollars in arcs in order to get it. But and you got to pay for the arcs, or if you want to earn it in game, who knows how long it might take? You know, it really how long might that take? So mm-hmm. it encourages you to buy the arcs to go buy the okay. So I, and I, and I, I don't want to say. Like, like, Admiral, like Admiral Kusanagi says here, he says, I prefer that they ask for cash. And I get it because you're getting exactly what you want and that's it. And their model, and it's, you know, some people might consider it, you know, <laughs> taking advantage, but you're right. They know by giving out so many credits that you're either going to have extra credits left over or you're not going to have enough and you're going to have to go to the next level, which generates more income. Now, look, y'all can see Colossal's face, right? Y'all see Colossal's face. It's like, cause here's the, now here's the question that me and Colossal both had. We had, I know this is going to sound totally crazy. We had an ethical issue with getting, with getting into the alpha. We really did. Now mm-hmm. this is stupid. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. totally stupid. Ethical issue? We don't even want to tell you how much money we have spent on Star Citizen. But I had an ethical issue in Colossal, and we didn't talk about this till after we had both made the decision. We both did not want to pay for the alpha. Because our attitude was like, we've been in here since the beta. I gotta pay well, 60 bucks or 55 bucks to test your game. I'm not doing it. I actually waited. <laughs> I waited. I waited to pay the thirty nine, the thirty four ninety nine. And Colossal, tell them what you said, Colossal, because you said the same thing. Well, mine was an accident. Mine was an accident. It was a good trouble, but necessary trouble that I got into with mine because I really wanted to get into that alpha. Now, when I saw that price range, I was really, really upset. But let me tell you how I saw the price range. I saw the price range after I paid the thirty nine dollars. <laughs> Mm. thinking that that was going to get me an alpha 
and didn't realize that I had to spend an extra 20 plus more dollars to get in Alpha because I'm sitting here trying to click and refresh and refresh. And I'm like, why in the hell is my Alpha thing not working? And then I was see that the Alpha, in alpha? It, it was 59, $60 to get an Alpha. 60. Oh, I guess I got to watch my wallet more. Okay. And I was <laughs> like, you are out of your mind. If I'm sitting here, if I've had Horizons and prior to that, and you're telling me that I got to really spend another whole game package, get out of Dodge. That was not mm-hmm. happening. I was not giving the difference. It was not happening. So I, I'm, I was quite disappointed. And it's, it, but that's funny, though. But it's funny considering that our total cost would have been like, you know, 150 bucks, 200 bucks. But we had a problem with that. We ain't got no problem giving thousands to <laughs> but but we i mean i actually I, and I don't know why that bothered me i don't know why it bothered me maybe it was because it was like they were again there was like the pre-order price of 34 39 and then there was the pre-order and alpha price you know and i'm like well if you want me that's to right, test it yeah i gotta pay yeah. you to test it now and i was kind of like but i guess that's what some people say about subscribers and star citizen they paid us to be subscriber mm-hmm. to test you know so uh, you know six of one half dozen of the other i guess is depending how you could look at that right well i guess the argument i guess my argument is you know star citizen is still an alpha and i think a lot of people at least for me i speak for myself um you know i don't just pay for money for the ships i pay for the development of the game i know what i'm paying for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm not stupid and, that, and we see these ships that come out, and if anybody thinks that we're just buying it just for the ships, I, mm-hmm. I think they're selling it short. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, we're actually putting our money in for the development of the game because we see Chris's vision, mm-hmm. and we want to support it. Now, Elite Dangerous is supposed to have been completed, uh, and just like Warframe, Warframe was then tell you, oh, we're still in beta, so we just throw our DLCs. <laughs> and and and, and uh, uh, Elite Dangerous has you know when they came out with Horizons they said we had a ten year ten year model mm-hmm. right so with that we didn't know what their what was going to be within their ten year model but obviously you have to suspect that it's going to be a whole bunch of DLCs mm-hmm. and that's I just was under the impression that I'm going to be paying a full game's price for a DLC. Well, that's what you, know? what, uh, you missed it earlier. But Dark Knight and Dig both yeah. talked about the fact that they wish that they had a roadmap. That there yeah. was something mm-hmm. that would allow their community to kind of know where they are and what's coming up, because in a way mm-hmm. they're kind of blind. You know, it's kind of like you know we're just kind of waiting to hear what the next thing is. And I, and I think you're right, uh, Dark Knight. That would kind of make people feel a little more comfortable and secure, at least some mm-hmm. type of seeing the plan. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. even when Colossal said about the ten, I remember them talking about the ten year plan. But again, you know, with game development, things change. Right. And without yeah. having something to kind of go back and kind of see how that creates a certain amount of uncertainty. I just found it interesting that they've taken a model. And I'm again, I'm not throwing any rocks at their model because because here's the other thing that they generated money from. They got away with generating money from those consoles, which was another thing that they did, which Star yes. Citizen has not yes. done. That's so there's another dynamic difference. of right. And, and they have a big they have a big a bigger uh, customer base, too because yeah. of that but even with all that they still have to generate money as long as they've got the right. studios running you know it's not like you're going to be selling new games every week they've got to keep doing things to to keep the numbers up i think that uh, their other their other ips probably support star citizen rather than the other way around mm. like um zoo tycoon and oh and yeah frontiers other games yeah 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 i forgot about the other other ones that they've got that's very true well, 
Get ready, Griff. Just go ahead and throw out that twenty to one fifty for that decal. Oh, that uh, twenty to two hundred for that uh, for that hollow me. Don't start. And that forty four hundred sixty to five thousand five hundred and twenty for that paint job, that ship, that ship lunch fighter, that scattered SRV, that great class carry. Go ahead and spend that arc on that. Don't start. I got somebody asked me was I gonna do it. They thought I was gonna do it. And I was like, I am not gonna do it. Although I support you in dangerous. I support you in Lee. I really do. I think you're a fun dame. I love it. I'm not paying for that. Homie who spends buku money on uh, Elite Dangerous, like before mm-hmm. um, Arcs came out, he's he, he probably spent like fifteen hundred. Just he, he he just buys all the stuff, all the stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, right. And so now, like since uh, Arcs came up, and like uh, we was talking about uh, how you gotta pay. I, I forget the, the amount, but like for like the colors of your landing numbers yeah like platforms. yeah and he was like and then we we got to the 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 stuff where you buy the 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 cosmetic stuff for the your suits he's like yeah i couldn't do it this is a dude that spent 1500 bucks <laughs> on that stuff and now he's balking at like the because the, the price has like gone up to a critical level just for <laughs> buying like i want to make my dude look like a cowboy <laughs> And, yeah. and so, yeah, it's getting bananas, man. Now, I, like, I understand where they're coming from, mm-hmm. but and 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 they see that the, the revenue is definitely out there. Like, I yeah. was looking to buy some stuff, but I thought it was gonna be like five to seven dollars. I'm not spending twenty dollars on a cowboy hat. Yeah, right. I'm, 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 gonna t- I'm gonna be honest with you. I was amazed to see how many elite videos when you watch people playing that those cosmetic items sell. I see people with the Christmas lights on their thing, the bobbleheads. I mean, people be tricking their ships. And I get that. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's kind of important in Star Citizen. There, you know, some people say, oh, I don't care about naming my ship. Yes, there are people that do that. They want to personalize their thing. They don't want their thing to be like everybody else's, even if it's nothing more than a bobblehead on their dashboard. Exactly. That's what they want to be able to do. And there's revenue in that. And I'd rather pay revenue for those side cosmetics than to be paying, you know, keep having to pay for subscriptions. You know what I mean? Right. I, I have no problem with that. Some people will pay it. Some people could care less about that stuff. Some people will never name their ship in Star Citizen. Other people couldn't wait to name their star sh- names in Star Citizen. You know? So oh, they was fighting about, oh, I can't name my son, name, my ship the same name as this. <laughs> like, cause they, you know, everybody, a lot of people don't have no uh, imagination. And so they all want to name it the USS yeah. Enterprise and all that <laughs> stuff like that. Millennium <laughs> Falcon spelled with four L's and, you know, two or threes and. This is true. This is true. (laughs) Types of dyslexia all through Mm. lettering. Absolutely. This is true. (laughs) Okay, so I tell you what, I was going to show the uh, the making of Elite Dangerous, but the only reason why I was going to show it is that in many ways, they they, they have the different developers come on, and it's just that I wanted to show it because they say some of the same words and same phrasing that the people from Star Citizen do. They're they're all passionate. They they all want to see certain things in the game. Uh, they all worked very hard and I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm just saying they're very similar in their desire to see elite grow and talking about the fact of keeping it open so that in the future they can put in much more of the vision. Now, a lot of people have always said they thought that would be very difficult. How do you create an engine like that? And then also keep it open enough so that while it's out there, you can constantly be making those changes. Star citizens done it. They've had some real issues with doing it. You know, in an alpha state, but like Colossal was saying, Elite is kind of supposedly, and it is, it's in a finished state, but it's constantly evolving, you know. So anyway, I'm going to jump a little bit here because of our time, because it's already 830 and we got three more videos to look at. The first one here, for those of you who've never played Elite, I'm just going to very quickly show you guys a couple of videos here. This is the basic 
one of the first big challenges that anybody that plays elite plays and that is something as simple as docking so first time you did this dig that how did you feel when you flew into the station oh man it was awesome because i was playing vr and so oh. like just going through here and then yeah like like i don't know you got me thinking about it all over again coming into this thing it just felt beautiful Mm -hmm. DK, what about you? First time you did it. I call, I came up to that station and it was rotating. I'm like, how in the world am I going to get in that little tiny <laughs> mail slot? The station's rotating around. I'm trying to get lined up and everything. And I'm like, I'm going down. Right. And then you get inside. How am I going to land? And where's the landing pad? <laughs> right. Oh, you want to talk about little spaces? How about Star Citizen's uh, landing pads when you go into like a city or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's totally different. Yeah, yeah. Big old ship. Yep. Colossal, what about you? How'd you handle the first time you flew in an elite coming into a station? Um, I mean, I was in amazement. I mean, it took me a while. I had to stay in uh, uh, practice with the flight first mm -hmm. because <laughs> I didn't know how in the world to fly the ship. But then once I got into that actual state and the awe of just how big it was, uh, the first time I played. Um, I thought it was they had a unique system of of landing mm -hmm. and going back into the space station. I thought this was amazing. Um, I, it, it was it was quite an eye dropping moment. And then to take it even further to add VR to it, if you haven't played Elite Dangerous in VR, you are shorting yourself, folks. Mm. It in VR, amazing. it is amazing. It is amazing. Mm. That's that's very very true. Uh, emo, shout out to Emojo, or I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, you got it. No, go ahead. Give a shout. You can give a shout. Hey, shout out to Emjo, Emjo, whatever. <laughs> hey, shout out. Hey, good looking out. Thanks for supporting the the, the stream. Absolutely. And Ar Verping, thank you as well for the follow as well. Yeah, the first time I did this, I agree with you, Dark Knight. I sat outside that thing and just watched it rotating and say, I actually have to turn while I'm going in this sucker. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, for those of you who've never flown an Elite, we can tell you, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have, you know, when you've been flying a Star Citizen for a while, you go back to Elite, you have to reprogram your brain about flying. Yes. You really do. Uh, it's much more, a little more Newtonian than some, you know, than Star Citizen is. Uh, but once you get back into the groove of it, you're, you're pretty cool. I spent like the last couple of days just kind of getting back into the whole thing of flying. Uh, the mm -hmm. one thing that I do like that Elite has, it's got good training aspects and videos that are built into the game that I think are helpful, especially if they're just as refresher courses. So that's one of the things that I really do like about it. Um, let's jump out of this. Uh, real Qu quick, those are those training mm -hmm. are new. It just added that like maybe, what a year and a half or yeah yeah because the only thing you had training before was that first thing at the beginning of the asteroid belt and that was it yeah that you were on your own after that but the training so in it is nice yeah it is nice um okay so let's go ahead and jump into this next video now this is where we're going to get into odyssey you all um this was the first time that um uh what is it we did i did this as the demo uh so First thing we're going to do is go to the station. Some of you all have already seen this, but I do want to get Dark Knight and Diggs feelings about it. And then me and Colossal will talk about it because they were the ones that have been really anticipating the release of Odyssey and this whole thing of, as you guys know, people getting their space legs. So um, let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, what was the first thing I want to say about this? And Dig, I'll cover you first. First time you're able to walk around your ship in uh, Elite. How did it feel? 
were you I impressed? Because I know you've been, you've been dealing with Star Citizen scale. That's why I kind of want to know. Because yeah. I know for people who don't play Star Citizen, it was probably like super, super impressive. Did it? Were you impressed because you saw they pulled it off, or did you feel the scale? It felt good. It felt really, really good. And I think mostly that's coming from a now we finally have some more stuff mm. <laughs> perspective. And then, um, but I was uh, impressed with finally seeing the the scale of ships, like walking up to the ship. Then you can finally see because you know we've been looking at uh, the ships forever. But and it's hard to, to in one of my videos I said that it's hard to look at the scale even in VR. But once you got a commander on foot, then you like look at the Sidewinder. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it's one of the smaller ships, but it's, it looks huge, right? Mm -hmm. Compared to what you might have thought before. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, same thing to you, uh, Dark Knight. What'd you think when you first got in there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I again echo what Dig was talking, uh, saying, and you know, I coming from Star Citizen to Elite, I gotta say again, I'm not gonna compare him at this moment because right. stepping out of my ship in Elite and looking up at my ship was just amazing. It was mm -hmm. just like, oh, so that's how big my crate is. Now I have more love for my medium-sized ship. You know, it's mm -hmm. just like this. This looks amazing, you know, to walk around it and, you know, see how big the gear is and how tall and how wide it is. And it was that was a great feeling. And, and then pulling out the cutter and seeing how big the stairs were, realizing I could walk up. You know? Yeah, <laughs> Just, which is kind of funny that they didn't get the scale right on that. That is kind of funny. They got to work on Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dig, if you don't mind me asking, what is the largest ship that you do have in Elite? Man, I got all the ships, baby. Really? Wow. <laughs> okay. No, uh, okay. but uh, you know what? I actually, I didn't re even realize it. The largest ship is the Beluga, the mm -hmm. little Kruger mm -hmm. or you know, like there's a dolphin right. there's something else, and then the um, the Beluga. Um, and I'm going to come out with a video in maybe a couple, a week or so, but I'm doing a one-to-one, -one, like showing everything, what the difference is, is mm. and the Beluga is ginormous, is, dude. I think it, hundreds of millions. Yeah, yeah man. And, and I think that if they did, if they do, I, I don't know, I kind of got my doubts on that, but if they do do it in an interior, mm. like it's going to be way big. Y'all been, been in the 890 jump, yeah? Yeah, oh yeah. Like, I think it's going to dwarf the interior of the 890 jump. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Colossal. Since you got um, some time in there, you got a chance to take a look at it. What do you think of the scale? Um, I mean, like I, I agree with Dig That, and I also agree with Dark Knight. I'm not going to compare the games. Right, right, right. Um, because I think both games are uniquely um, – are unique to each other and i i would advise anybody and everybody to go purchase elite dangerous if they don't have it it's a great game i do think the scale is um is is good i'm looking for a little bit more mm -hmm. um you know and i i've flown around in about at least two ships so uh but i'm 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 gonna have to jump on dig Dak's, um uh you know site and jump on the other one including that carrier if you if you got that carrier <laughs> if you got a carrier you got all of them you got you got a carrier right like, through it that's a sad yeah, point man <laughs> dk you're muted we're not hearing you dk okay there we go sorry i must have hit mute by accident uh, no, you got a say, carrier uh, too right uh, don't you have a carrier yeah, I got one thing. How do you feel about that price hike for those few minutes? <laughs> Yo, I read about it and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to I'm do losing. That. I'm selling, right? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. 
so we, if, if on the video right now you guys see that just we did the walk around around the ship we're going to walk into the elevators now now there are some even though the game and please forgive me because i couldn't get together is this your footage uh yeah this is my footage we were i was okay. going to get together with dk and and uh, colossal but there were some problems with the servers yesterday we didn't get a chance to hook up because i wanted to do this in a multiplayer mode the game is multiplayer that's the one thing i want to first of all tell you guys so even though it's just me just we just couldn't we didn't have time to hook up uh, but there are some aspects about the game that don't work multiplayer. And this is not a shot at them. I just want you to understand if you play the game, you might go in thinking you can do something and find out you can't. It's just because they just haven't gotten past those hurdles. I'm getting in the elevator mm -hmm. right now. Is this basically a load screen? Dark it's a load screen. It's got to be a load screen. It is, right? Okay. It's a quick one, though. No, right. right, right. No, I love the point, music in the but, elevator. Right, the elevator my music. point is it's not, a physical, it's not a physicalized elevator. It, it, this is, and so only one person can get in the elevator, if I'm not mistaken. So we can't get five people in the elevator. Everybody would have to take their right. own elevator. But everybody would arrive here at the on the deck at the station. This is a space station. It's not a base. And I, I didn't get to visit any other ones. Uh, or dig that are are the layouts the same because i heard some complaints about people saying i think the layouts are different but they said that when you come back to a station the people who are the mission givers are always in the same spaces and i mean that's star citizen too i'm just saying is there any distinction in the different bases or space stations they're there there's variations of a thing like there's okay. uh, i mean i don't know how many but if I was a guest, I'd say there's probably about five or to eight layouts. Okay. Um, but they all, it's always the same thing. You have this particular store, you have the bar, you have the uh, place where you give your uh, plant DNA. Right. And so it's just variations on the thing, which, gotcha. you know, I ain't mad at it, but I ain't gonna lie. It is like, oh man, where is the redundant? I don't know. It is, mm -hmm. you, you just want something a little bit more. And you can't sit down like that as you approach the, yeah. the seats right there. That's got like probably a, a not even percent of the elite star citizen community probably don't even care to sit down. But I like that. I That's part too. of my immersion. <laughs> right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't <laughs> even can't try. sit down. And that was a little disappointing. Yeah. I didn't even try any elite now that you say that. I just, you know, I saw it, but I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't even attempt to see if I could sit down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 What if it, if you don't mind me chiming in, Griff? I mean, one one thing that I do look for is, and I agree with Dick that um, it, it, I've been I'm in the Soul Sector right now, and I've been to almost every um, station in the Soul Sector. There are some differences, but there are a, a lot of similarities. Um, I do try to look at my whole thing is about gameplay, right? I mean, you can get the crappiest visualized game and have great gameplay and it's a great game. Mm -hmm. And I try to look for aspects of, is there any sense of gameplay other than going there and clicking E to go ahead and, and talk to those people, to those mission givers or what have you. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple of people, if you listen to them, they'll tell you the story and the background of the system. Yes. and that you're in these are background conversations and, right you're talking about right the these are like background, background conversations mm -hmm. right and, and 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 what could be out there and where to go and when and things like that so there are, I, I do like those little aspects elite dangers have done a wonderful job um at implementing that throughout uh, definitely in, in odyssey mm -hmm. but they've done a wonderful job at doing something like that throughout uh horizons and things like that so uh i i'm looking for that type of gameplay and Star Citizen, as well as 
everything that you're being immersive with can you hear conversations about people talking about the galaxy and about the lore yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. I, I agree with that man because i like i overheard somebody else's conversation and then i want to turn around to get in like it's right? if they had those and like like you overhear something that might benefit you and then you could like mm -hmm. talk to them and mm -hmm. then oh that might lead to a mission that you might not have been able to get unless you you know did that yeah, yeah. right mm -hmm. yeah I um I was impressed by a lot of things in the game. The ambience was nice in the station. Um, of course, there are no NPCs standing on chairs, which is always mm -hmm. nice to see. Um, I, I was uh, um, I, I, the, the the random conversations was good. Like Colossal said, you'll hear these conversations of sometimes it's just general conversation, then other times they are talking about something, and you realize it's probably something you should be paying attention to. It's a way of dropping clues. Uh, the mission givers uh, were interesting in the sense of that they, a lot of them kind of had the same kind of tone to their thing. I've got some mission mm -hmm. to the side. Either it was a, a black market thing or a legal thing, basically. Um, yeah. I think that- uh, Captain No Pants said uh, 17 things, about 17 things, sorry, Griff. No, it's okay, good. What, what does he say? <laughs> no Pants. He said that they're, they're about, uh, he said he's been told that there are 17 things for stations in ED. Ah, okay, okay. A few cool. more, a few more, but he's not, he's not far off. Okay, not at all. cool, cool. Um, yeah, regarding now, stations, actually, I kind of wanted to chime in on that real quick. Mm -hmm. um, there are three, I, I kind of, and Dave, maybe you can agree with me on this one. There, there's a, only a select few styles of stations, right. and I'm wondering if they're using this, uh, you know, this pre-built fabrication type of thing for each of these different stations. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's their justification for different, you know, for the Orbis only having one style and the Oscillus having a different one. But mm. you, every, you go to Oscillus all the time, so maybe those are the only time you see that one station type. You know, right. it's just a kind of things i was thinking about but again yeah there's there, there's some differences between stations but the, you know layouts for the most part most large stations are pretty similar okay um one of the other things i liked about their station is that the vibrancy of color i always noticed mm -hmm. that with star citizen if you guys remember if you were in the early days of port olisar it was very bland pale colors over the years they've they've made those colors much more rich and i i'm sure that has something to do with you know the more colors and riches you have there may be some issues of how it impacts performance uh but if, in this you can see the colors are very vivid and rich now the trade-off for me is that you get spoiled with star citizen because so much of their animations are mocap based and mm -hmm. a lot of the animations in here i didn't feel were mocap based you don't realize that you get used to that um, also the level of realism in the, in, in the faces. Now, mind you, I'm not saying I want Elite to have that because Elite has a distinctive look to it, which I think is nice. Mm -hmm. I actually like the way this looks. It's not too cartoony, you know, but it mm -hmm. does have a different type of look to it. Um, what I don't like, I'm still not comfortable with, and maybe it's because I've just gotten used to Star Citizen, is their navigation. The still having to E, not E, but it's just, it's not intuitive and maybe it's just because I'm not doing it enough. I'm sure if I do it enough, it'll it'll flow a little bit better, but I had to do a lot of hot keys, which normally mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I would have to do. But- uh um, like for what type of stuff? Uh, like, you yeah. know, like in Star Citizen, you know, you can just use, um, like if you want to use, you know, you can just hit E almost for everything. You know, in this, you've got to not only hit E, but then you've got to arrow left and right, arrow up and down, tab, you know, to get to different ways to navigate around the uh the like right now with the costuming right and i'm and don't get mm -hmm. me wrong it's not it's not a struggle i'm just saying 
the navigation for me just didn't feel as intuitive. That that's all. What, I'm what does E about do? It. I don't. I don't use uh, that. Is, e is like E for Star Citizen. Oh, oh yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. In little ways. Yeah. yeah. In little ways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, then there's an addition to it is Q button, which correct. also does a different type of like right. the, your your right click right. For, uh, in Star Citizen to bring up that little menu. Exactly. Mm -hmm. oh, exactly. I, I use a controller when I'm walking ah, around. So okay, yeah, yeah, I, I, got got you. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I have a Taurus and uh, a Taurus, and then I use my um in order to you know look around or if you open up your your screen and you're looking around at each icon, I use my hat my hat top on my um. Mm -hmm on my joystick so that's how i'm able to do all that yeah now yep. i want to ask you guys a question real quick i looked at the pricing for these these like the weapons and the clothing is that <laughs> are those prices reasonable or are they high because dig i remember when you did your alpha <laughs> test you were kind of hollering a little bit and so i don't know if those like one hundred twenty-five thousand is that cheap or yes. is that you buy a yeah it's yeah, it is, and be, and the reason why is, and I think um, the the economy of Star City, or sorry, Elite Dangerous, is a little weird because you can make like people got billions of dollars. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Okay, I don't know who's funds of dollars. Yep, because that is cheap. Okay, that's what compared I to the amount of money that these people have in game. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then that, then that explains it because I know I wasn't. They said this uh, a suit is one hundred twenty-five thousand. That's one hundred twenty-five thousand. I'm paying. I'm paying. six thousand in Star Citizen for that yeah. suit. What you talking about? Okay. So that's the what I want to be is, sure is that, um, you know, I had to say that's got to be a huge. I'm sorry, Doctor. I mean, cut you off. Oh no, no, no. I was uh, just going to say uh, ships and uh, ships cost less than the weapons. And so, yeah. okay. oh, you know, I mean, yeah. If you're, if there was one mission that was a level three mission that I would have earned two hundred and forty six thousand, you know, dollars in that game, and that one suit is 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 like a hundred thousand or what have you, so you could have done several missions and still come out far cheaper paying for the suits than, with, with the number mm -hmm. of missions that you had. So I, I think it's I think I, I thought it was an okay price range. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's I think the economy is something that's got to be hard for both games to to win yeah. because there's always going to be them billionaire boys. Um, I mean, I got people who be like, "Hey, man, you want some money?" I'm like, <laughs> in both games, <laughs> not, not, not both games. Yeah. Well, I'm saying both games, yeah. like because it's different in, in Elite or yeah. excuse me, Sarsis, and they can just give you money mm -hmm. in Elite. Mm -hmm. They're like, "All right, what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna uh, give you all this product, yo, man. You gonna get hooked me with that product? Right. <laughs> so I'll sell it on your fleet carrier, carrier man. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. No, okay. And that, actually, I want to add. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I wanted to add to that. Um, anybody gets a chance to watch part three and part four of that interview uh, with Gary, they get into talking about the economies of each different game mm -hmm. and how there's some similarities and some differences in the way that the economy works. Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, okay. Both are trying to achieve an economy very similar to each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just wish there was more stuff to buy, more reasons to have yeah. money in, in Elite. Mm -hmm. mm. Right. I mean, and that's that's gonna if a league can go ahead and tackle into that like ESO have done and World of Warcraft and other games have done with that the same type of model, um, then I would find that art system a lot more relevant. Mm. Um, the one thing that I do want to say about um, uh, the differences between the two, and I said I wasn't going to compare, but it, because of Elite's vast number of systems, 
this type of gameplay allows Elite to give missions almost virtually anywhere. Anywhere. Because um, when you go to these guys, they're not just giving you missions in that system. They're giving you missions maybe three or four systems away or things like that or what have you. Mm -hmm. And here we are with Star Citizen. We're still stuck in, this, in, 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 in Stratton. So they're going to have to try to find a way to balance that over there at CIG and Star Citizen because uh, the more systems that they would have, the better number of uh, gameplay they would be able to have utilizing the AI. Because, like I said, Elite Dangerous will take you anywhere and everywhere with those um, with, mm -hmm. with that gameplay. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I wanted to stop here real yeah, quick. <clears throat> real quick, I was showing you. Some people asked the question of whether or not when you looked out into the space station and you saw those ships coming in, whether those were real players and vice versa. And the answer is yes. That is yes. in real time, just like Star Citizen is not simulated. So uh, they are moving in similar directions when it comes to having that level of immersion uh I, I joked around i joked around i joked around earlier uh colossal and told them that after i watched several of the videos i kept hearing the word immersion pop up on elite and they're they were using the word just as much as star citizen players were that they want more immersion uh this was when i went to the console for the missions and stuff just to see what was going on with that uh i'm gonna go ahead and skip past this this is when i found out when i was trying to buy stuff and I thought my few million bucks was enough. And then I found that I had to have arcs. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I, you know, I thought, oh, it's cool. They got all this stuff in the, in the, in the, in the concession machine. I could buy it here. And I was like, well, I guess my money's no good. All right. Yep. So let me jump to okay. this next video. I'm going to throw one thing in there. Sure. There's kind of echo on the Colossal was talking about the economy and how, you know, it's, I got billions, but it's so cheap to buy this weapon. I think that's a fault of the game and maybe in a point, a fault of the players of always wanting to have more money, more money, more money. So mining is more, you know, is, is make, uh, you know, making good money. Everybody gravitates to mining and then they want to buff on, you know, combat, buff gun combat, combat gets it'll be a little bit more, but then everybody wants to go back to you know nobody wants to do the combat because i'm that's not my style you know and i i gotta you know do something else but it's been over inflated so much over the years yeah that mm. 10 million credits is half an hour's worth of work mm. and wow. then i can go is buy and then i can go buy a ship the big ship you know wow. it's it's way over inflated it doesn't make the gameplay relevant anymore so like doing a mission is it why even do a mission i can go mine and make a hundred million in the next hour mm. you know why do a mission if i'm going to make only two million <laughs> you know it, it, it negates all of the gameplay that was actually put in place as now going towards meta so wow. you know that's how you guys uh, yeah go ahead i'm sorry man it's, it's such a weird balance and i know it's a struggle for them too man because there was a time where it was like dude the uh, missions paid nothing. Yeah, they were like crazy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And then they opened up, um, they opened up uh, the the mining when they changed up the mining, which was dope. And mm -hmm. I think they their mining is killing it. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it now, so he's saying that we got too much money. Um, like we're, we're I don't know how you balance it. I don't have the answers, but I got to say some balance, but not saying that as a uh and so is it that is crazy to try and figure out like where do, so okay so what's the cutoff mm. you know what i mean yeah yeah wow okay because i don't want to get to a point in star citizen i'm sorry man no, i don't, no, don't want to get to a no, point in star citizen where we just um like i've experienced having too much money and it kind of like uh reduced my wanting to play it mm -hmm. yeah. 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 oh 
Yeah, I got I could buy anything right now. Yeah. You know, see, that's why you have to have exploration mm-hmm. put in the game. I spent um, I spent six hours yesterday, six hours in the looting system, exploring each oh, planet. Just, like, just, just, mm-hmm. just scanning the planet. I mean, Elite Dangerous. Just scanning the planet. Okay. Six hours because they have more. They have multiple planets. Yeah, I was on there from like eleven o'clock. Four nine o'clock all the way to like maybe somewhere at five or four. Uh and that was first discoveries. It would no heck no. Well, I, no. I do have some first discoveries, but that was way before the Thargoids came out. I went ahead and got mm. one of my ships and, and where it's right around the around the time the Thargoids came out, because I did go to the plated system. And then that's when I have some so there are some planets named after Colossal, by the way. So look for it somewhere out there. I'll tell you later on. <laughs> but um but yeah, I just um you know, I haven't been in it in a while because of Star Citizen. So uh, I jumped in and out of Elite Dangerous. But prior to Star Citizen or prior to me getting involved in Star Citizen a lot, I was always in Horizon, just just in it big time. Mm-hmm. So um it, they do they do have a big, big um exploration system where you do garner um uh, points off of that and you can sell the data, right? Right. So it took me a while, a long time, just to scan one system. So that's the other part of getting around it. If you got a whole bunch of money, what do you do next? Go explore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dick, can you turn your speaker down just a little bit because it's echoing? Oh, sorry. That's okay. That's sorry. okay. Just echoing through. Um, no, those are all good points. Um, I, we're going to hit our last video now, and uh, these guys will kind of help us walk through this. As I mentioned before, this was just me doing a quick walkthrough at the station, but now I'm going to show you the tutorial that they give us for playing Odyssey for the first time when you're on a base. And we can kind of talk along with this as things uh, go. But the game basically um, drops you off at a location and you're going to hear someone that's actually talking to you while you're doing the thing. So this is watch. One of the things I heard some some veteran players of Elite disappoint about, they felt that there were some differences in Horizons and Odyssey when it came to terrain. They said that there was way too much flat terrain in Odyssey. I don't know because I haven't been on enough planets, but maybe you guys can talk about that. Honestly, they needed it, man, because there were so many times I was frustrated with driving a little SRV around and it was like goofy hills, just like, like roller coasters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now this, I, uh, this is edited, by the way, yeah. so you'll see me cut, make jump cuts from time to time. This is approaching the base. With the planet tech, I think they did it. They overdid it in alpha, and now they've pulled, pulled back, back some. Because a lot of people said that the the release version looks a little bit different than the alpha one did. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. There's a lot of issues there. There's a lot that needs to be fixed, um, and I'm sure they will. They'll fix it, yeah. but there, there's, there's a lot left to be done right now. One thing I did like is that there's tools. We have all these various tools that we use in the game. Uh, some of them are to cut, like cutting tools, energizing mm-hmm. tools. This darkness ain't helping my visuals. Wanna switch the flashlight on for me? 
so weird that we don't get the cutting tool to next year. I know, right? <laughs> I want to do that now. <laughs> Now, this is another thing, um, there's no animations of the player, and you do get kind of used to that in Star Citizen where you'd reach up and grab something, so just know that things will just disappear or appear when needed. Health kits, don't shoot that red barrel. Environment. Charge the port to the left of the airlock. Since you're inside the building, the airlock will open right up. Energy <laughs> Lefty said emergency is gone. Look sharp. I guess there was a hard fight here once the defenders pulled the power regulator. No power means no data to steal. Now, when Dig That and then when you guys went in for the alpha, this wasn't even in there. They just dropped y'all in the fishbowl and y'all had to figure stuff out, right? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was pretty cool. But yeah. Mm hmm I don't know. I kind of like that because that allowed me the opportunity to make some videos. Mm-hmm. And now you got to learn how to do all the stuff on foot. So you got to go figure it out, dude. <laughs> right? Find the uh, engineers and the materials. It was kind of nice having somebody talk to you in the game for once. first yeah i knew which one to go to this time it's my second time doing it <laughs> now like little things like this where this is where it wasn't intuitive i didn't know that e worked to activate everything sometimes it would come up as a menu sometimes it didn't <laughs> Center. 
I took a chance as to, what to how to do it. I actually got it right. that they got fires going and Star Citizen's still working on theirs. Yeah. Yes, yes. But those fires are also, they remain. They don't, they're not creeping or moving. So hopefully they'll make that happen later. They pulled it out through the performance issues right now. Oh, really? Fires, at least like from my understanding, I don't know if they put them back in recently, but they pulled out fire extinguishers and fires for a little bit. Now this was yeah, cool too, the fact that you could depressurize and repressurize was good. Mm -hmm. Are you able to take off your helmet in the game? Only in emergencies. Okay. I mean, you, you keep them on in emergencies, so when you go to your, um, your, um, hello, hello, um, me, mm -hmm. Uh, you can keep your helmet off and then it puts it on when an emergency. So when your situation is like this, it automatically puts the helmet off. Okay. Right. But you can't just literally take it off unless you're in stations and stuff. It takes it off automatically. Okay. Right. So no forgetting you putting your station or your helmet on when you walk out to the pad. <laughs> no, you okay. can't just literally click, uh, take it off, tuck on, take off. You can't do that. Well, I was yeah. curious because of that being able to pressurize and depressurize if any of my friends were with me. You know, I had to make sure that I didn't know if that was something that was a concern. Somebody take their helmet off. Thanks, Zip. Thanks, Zip Splat. That's what I meant to say. Stationary fire versus a splash fire. I'll admit there was, I did have some tension while this was going on. You know, I was kind of nervous about what was going to happen because I knew something was going to happen eventually. The NRC data is still here. Download it to your drive while it's been around to make Build up a little suspense for you. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. It does do that. Well, especially because he tells you that there's a ship inbound <clears throat> to the station, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you can see the ship as it's approaching, you know, so you know you got, you're now you, the time, the clock is ticking at this point. you get in those conflict zones and you'll have constant drops of troops coming down until you yeah. land. <laughs> You've got hostiles touching down. Now the power's back online. They've come to investigate. There's a few of them, but I bet they're not expecting a badass combat soldier with state-of-the-art gear. Now we don't want anyone chasing us home. You are clear. 
And I didn't know about the personal shield the first time I did this. I survived it, but I didn't know that you had a shield. <laughs> Don't worry, I forgot about the shield button. <laughs> yeah, you gotta press the C button, I think. <laughs> One of those I'm like, why did this guy one shot kill me? I don't know. Now, when I first saw this, I watched Captain Richard. I thought it looked a little kind of animated or cartoony, but in game, it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel so bad. It fits the meat dangerous. Yep. Ammo spot, you can load up with ammo. Base looting, you guys can loot bases as well. As well as NPCs, you can loot them. I do like the idea of personal shields where you can't be taken out just so quickly. You know, I like the fact of knowing it gives you some form of protection. But after a certain point, you know you can still die. Or in Star Citizen, somebody can one-shot you and you're, you're out of there. This gives you an idea of scale here. Now, which ship is this, the one that lands? Is it a Mark a Mark, a Mark Four, Mark whatever? Yeah, it's like a Cobra Mark III. A Cobra Mark III, rather. Mm-hmm. Hard to tell when it's that far. Away. I tried to walk around it so you could get an idea of whatever it was. Mark IV doesn't look much different. I can't remember what the Well, Sidewinder's smaller, so that's why I figured it's got to be a Mark IV. I'm going to be interested to hear your thoughts about uh, Odyssey Griff. Yeah. I, when we get to the end, I, I'll tell you. I'm, I'm kind of taking it in here. Yeah, when I first saw that Cobra up close on foot, it was like, wait a second, this ship is really that big? <laughs> I can see why that's painful for players. You know, the stairs are right there and you just wish you could just walk up those stairs, you know? <laughs> I, I can understand why that's painful, you know? Out of close. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Sword button. That's what I call a five-star performance. So the CEO will be made up when they hear about this. The reason why I'm doing this is that you guys can see that the pilot was animated. He was talking, his lips was moving. Hyperspace in a second. I did notice that there were some cases where people would be talking for a little bit, then all of a sudden the animations wouldn't work anymore. But I know that's just a bug, and they'll get through that. Yeah. To me, when he was talking, that made me really want an elite dangerous version of Squadron 42. That would be nice. Yeah. That would be. By the way, they still have one of the most beautiful quantum or hyperspace jumps. <laughs> Elite does. It's still gorgeous. Yeah, it's pretty dope. I mean, it's a loading screen, but it does look good. Yep. And I gotta say, the one thing that the anyone at top playing Elite misses out on is the sound design, and Elite is second to none. Yeah, they've got great sound design. Oh, it's incredible. So again, I'm speeding through this a little bit. There's some jump cuts here. Uh, and you're gonna see the whole process of landing and coming in. I want the people to see the scale of the base that's here. Um, there's no way to go in and out of bases. Is that correct? Other than flying and landing in, is that is that it for ones that are on planets? Can you walk indoors? Like I'm talking, oh, yeah. about, this, I'm talking about like the city that they go to. 
They go to a city, city on a tutorial. I don't know if you've seen this or not. As far as the city goes, it's not really a city as opposed to a city-sized base. And you okay. get out of the ship and, you know, you go into the station just like you would in any other... Um, okay. In a, right. Landside bases and things like that. You could park wherever you want and go in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Raymar, you're right. I mean, I know our quantum, we haven't gotten anywhere near it with the gates and everything yet. Um, and even our uh, our quantum jumps are not completely there. I just love the fact that they've got some coloration in theirs and stuff. It's pretty nice. <laughs> a little tinge of green. <laughs> but it was nice to have the NPC flying you, which I thought was kind of cool. All right, there's a star ball. I thought that was awesome, man. Mm -hmm. I was doing the same thing as you, just looking at the dude. I was like, oh, this yeah. is awesome, man. Somebody ain't here talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Have y'all taken a taxi yet? Have y'all shuttled around? I had a, oh, too a, much. a taxi. Yeah, and now they were complaining yeah. about those taxi rides. Those taxi rides are 15 minutes long. That'd be unbelievable. I don't. That's immersion to me. I mean, look, enjoy the taxi ride. If you're gonna spend a taxi, you might as well enjoy the view. <laughs> it would be cool if you could walk around your ship in a taxi. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. just sitting there not being able to do nothing. Oh, well, it's 15 now, minutes seems like 15. But it, and, is this a base we're looking at? Because those big yes. tall buildings, I wasn't sure. Okay, it is a base. Yes, it's a base. But in all, in all honesty, Dick Dad, you can't even walk around in a real taxi. <laughs> I mean, so. uh, you ain't never had some Hennessy and gotten a taxi before, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, good. Okay. Sethius, oh my God, Seth! Thank you so Seth. much. Thank you, Seth. Thank you for the Sethi gift. Y'all make, make sure y'all say thanks to some, that Seth. Seth something's out there. You got five of them. Hey, can we do it on three? One, two, three. Thanks, thanks Seth. Seth. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. We appreciate it, buddy. So. That was basically, you know, leaving from the base, doing this little short tutorial mission. It gave you an idea of the different tools that you had to use, keybinds, a little bit of FPS, you know, took place during that as well. Um, and then, of course, you got to do this short flight back to the station to end your mission. Um, so that's where we're going to wrap that up right there. Um, you know, I just want to kind of come back and ask Dig That and Dark Knight this question. Uh, did Odyssey meet your expectations? And I know that's a tough question because there's still more to come, but from, what, they, from what they've presented so far, because, you know, players have been waiting for a very long time for um, <laughs> Lefty. Lefty, oh Lefty, thank you for the subscription as well. Y'all make sure y'all say thank you. Thank you, Uncle mm -hmm. Lefty. Thanks for Where there's water, there's rain. Seth, yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Lefty. Yeah, thank you. Um, let me start with you, Dark Knight expectations you know a lot of hype about it coming out um did it meet the uh, oh here we go come on you guys hey they're killing it they're killing it don't y'all start don't y'all start 
Thank, thank you, Sethius. <laughs> thank you. Thank, these two, y'all don't know these two. They both got a yeah, drink. They got a drink in their gonna... hands, and they both <sighs> doing it right now. So, yeah. all right. So, Dark Knight. Every time I go out, I'm gonna hear James Brown. I'm like, oh man, I got some money. Wait, right, wait, no. I ain't getting oh, nothing. God, Captain Wee Wee, Captain Wee Wee. Thanks, Captain. Captain Wee Wee says, "I'm not to be outdone." Okay, thank you guys. We, we love you guys. Thank you guys so much. Dark Knight, please answer the question before anything else happens. Did it meet your expectations? Oh, that's a good question. In a way, yeah, but in a way, I'm Giro. Giro. Hey, hey, you, I think Giro. that's my guy, man. Hey, hey you, what up, Giro? Thank you, man. Good. But it, Giro. I think they did. You know, in a way, they did. But in a way, I'm waiting for more to see what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. For you know, did they give us space legs? Yes, they did. Okay. okay, great. You know, okay. they gave me atmosphere planets. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, Come on, guys. Yeah. So yeah. Put it down, Come on, guys. He's putting it down. Now, now, wait a minute. The last time Seth did this, we had to actually change the way our recognition thing goes because we had he did a 25 and we had to wait. Thank you, Colossal. <laughs> How about that? I'm going to give you oh, one. Okay, give us one. Give you cool. one. We'll take that one. <laughs> But Sethius did 25, and we had to wait for James Brown to sing and split 25 times before we could start talking. Oh, yeah. Again. Yeah, I remember that so, one. Oh, God. So, guys, thank you. Okay, we appre- We really do appreciate it, guys. Thank you guys so Thanks, much. Thanks, guys. Um, let's see. Oh, come on. <laughs> Captain Wee Wee in the building. Sorry. All right. Captain Wee Wee. Stop. Funny to say that. That's hilarious. Thank you, guys. Okay, I know it is funny to say the name. All right, so Dig, let me ask you a different question. What were the dis- wait? Did you get did, did you get darks? Yeah, I got his. I got his. Okay, the- I was going to add to that was okay, that gave me some of what I wanted. I want to see more, but I according to David Braben's goals and from that video, say in 2012, he's getting there. Mm-hmm. I know he's getting there. Okay, but it's at a time and i hope he finishes what he has started i hope he accomplishes his dream okay oh i fair, agree with that fair. okay dig, go, ahead, dig, go ahead and toss in dig what are you gonna say um as far as the delivery uh, first of all i was just glad to have something brand something to make me play elite dangerous again because okay. uh that's where i started my youtube career it was elite dangerous mm-hmm. and then i got you know i just got bored man and but it was finally nice to have something different to do mm. but did it deliver? Yeah, I guess based on what the notes that they gave, but like, is it what I wanted? Nah, and I think a lot of people want to walk around their ships. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few people that still saying, well, you know, you would just walk around your ships for five minutes and then you'll never do it again. Nah, nah, bro. Nah, nah. Mm-hmm. I can say as a Star Citizen player, you will walk around your ships, man. Okay. I want to walk around the ship. I'll sit there and stare at, and stare at my bar at the 600 for hours. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Seth, Seth is killing it, son. Thank, thank you for the thousand bits, Seth. Thank Yo, you. Yo, Seth, we going to the bar, man. Let me see how many shots before, oh, you, buy me, before you buy me a bottle. He'll, he'll, he'll outdo you. Trust me. He'll outdo you. Trust yes, me. Yes, he is. Um, resident. Resident. Oh, oh, oh challenge. Challenge. Yeah. Colossal uh. question for you now. You and I have both been away from Elite. We dip our feet in on occasion. Is if if what we've seen so far, you spent six hours in there the other day. Is this going to kind of make you start keeping a better eye on Elite and maybe even playing it a little bit more? You know, in conjunction, still keeping Star Citizen as a separate game. But would you look at going back? Like Dig said, they, it's giving them something to do. Do you feel like that will kind of help you or other players to maybe come back to Elite? 
Um, I mean, that's a very good question. And uh, I mean, because of the fact that I love sci-fi games, I will always, you know, be jumping around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, does it reach my expectation? There's still a lot more. Just like uh, Dick that said, a lot of players are looking f- for, you know, actually seeing their players walking around the ship. They want to feel the size of the ship. They want to walk around. They want to be able to touch and feel it and be immersive in the game. And Lee Dangerous has not given that yet. So um, until these, until they happen, all you're going to see is DLCs and people jumping back and forth and people like me jumping back and forth in the game. Um, so I look forward to what they have. They do have a 10-year plan. I think they're on year, what, eight or seven or somewhere around there on that 10-year plan. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and, and they really haven't been as, um, I mean, they, they have their YouTube um, channel where, you know, they have notifications and they tell people what's going on in that. So follow that if you if you're following Elite Dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 there's still more to be desired, mm-hmm. and um, and Elite Dangerous is at least on the right path. And they've been trying to do a lot to reach out to the community. So can I give a quick quote from the, from Chris Roberts? Mm-hmm. And this was from uh, the 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 last uh, part of the interview. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I <laughs> just something just came up. But one of the things that uh, Chris Roberts says is I'm going to reach out to my community and say, go back, uh, go and back elite. If I haven't taken all your money, please back elite. And I think that would be cool too. Mm -hmm. That was something directly from Chris Roberts's mouth. So you can see that they're both Mm -hmm. very much into supporting each other with this game. And it's hard not to make, you know, comparisons to the two, but yeah. Yeah, I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that this game, this game, those two games are different in scope. Mm -hmm. And if you're one of those people going out there saying back elite and not star Star citizen or back star citizen, not elite, I think you're selling the video game community short. Um, Both games should be supported. They're both Braven and and Chris Roberts are fantastic. And um, and you'd be selling yourself short if you don't if you don't. Play at least both of them. Yes, Mito. Cethius, thank you. Trained. Thank you, Cethius, for the. Yo, Seth is killing it. Mito, what up, though? Two thousand bits. Thank you so much for that. Oh, Lefty. Jeez, man. <laughs> well, that's good. He, he, he sent all those subscriptions out that he realized, hey, I haven't subscribed. Let me subscribe. So thank you. Right, right. Thank you. All right. So now I got a serious question to ask you guys, and this is going to be the last one for the night. There was some controversy a week before the final launch for. Uh, odyssey and it was when frontier put out a message that said that odyssey would be available in its completeness for people who purchased odyssey but for people who only had up to horizons they would not be able to receive some of the benefits that came with odyssey and that wasn't just the multiplayer aspect it was also some of the graphical updates some other things that they did to make odyssey or makes elite better and basically, if you're the Odyssey, if you own Odyssey, if I want to play with Colossal, who's my friend, he doesn't have Odyssey, he's got Horizons. I have to log out of Odyssey and log into Horizons to play with him. So part of the player base right now does not have access to Odyssey unless they do that upgrade. Um, how is that received right. to you guys? And don't get me wrong, there are other games that are like that, right? If you don't upgrade, you don't get to the next part. But because multiplayer mm-hmm. is such a big piece of this, how did the community, is either it? how did you, well, I'm saying Odyssey for Odyssey. I'm saying that was one of the big things that they sold that you can walk, you know, that you can walk and play with your friends now, right? Literally. I mean, it's multiplayer already, but I'm oh, saying I mean, you can't walk, right? But you know what I mean, right? <laughs> so my right, question right, is, right. You, you, you can answer this either way. 
were you impacted or how did you hear the community was impacted when that announcement came out that there was kind of like this split in the community because of the way now mind you for console players they can do both mm-hmm. but for pc it is for pc players oh i didn't know that yeah console players yeah. don't have that problem but the mm-hmm. pc players do what are your thoughts on on that with that that announcement when it came out and dk i'll go to you first and i'll go to dig so in one way i can understand if it was just console and pc because consoles take a little bit different work to get the game implemented as opposed to on a pc side Mm -hmm. on the other side of it um i don't think that i i think this makes it more of a reason to call this a beta than uh, than than a full release Mm, because i think all of the systems should be in place for all community for all groups to be able to get together because it's a dynamic universe just like it is in in, uh star citizen so if if Mm. everybody's in the same one and able to you know to to participate in the same kind of uh you know activities Mm -hmm. in the same universe then yeah that that's great but right now it's fractured and that and i see a multiple kinds of problems with community goals with you know with conflict zones and bgs and and little things like that where each one is now they're separate games they're yeah. literally separate games right now um i i it's for me at this present moment i really do see it as a beta until they get the uh until they get the final consoles and full pc uh horizons uh everybody put together okay Dig your thoughts on it. Oh, sorry about this. That's okay. <laughs> um, pump bottles, baby. All right, so I, <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know what? Uh, like it's weird because I agree with everything Dark Knight said, mm-hmm. but then I'm of the mind of, well, if I'm gonna buy this, there should be some kind of exclusive stuff, mm-hmm. and like, which is weird because I'm usually not like that, but. Mm-hmm. Yo, man, it, it, I don't think that if I spend my was it forty bucks thirty nine ninety nine. If I spend my thirty nine ninety nine, which they're probably gonna start taxing soon, yeah, I, I want exclusion. And, and if you are a serious Star Citizen player, you're gonna do it. If you're right. not a Star Citizen, I mean Star Citizen Elite Dangerous player, mm-hmm. and you just you know you getting your feel for the first thing, that's a great place to start. Right. Horizons, right. But yo, man, if you wanna Access if you wanna everything. roll with the big dogs mm-hmm. and you're serious, mm-hmm. then you're gonna and, spend that money. Mm-hmm. And speaking of spending money, if you uh, there is a big sale, uh, there's a sale, seventy five percent off the base game of Elite. That's Elite and Elite Horizons because now both of them are rolled in one. Yeah, seven dollars. Yep. What? Seven dollars. Yep. In fact, so if you're not in playing Elite, in play fact, it. Yeah, in fact, what they did was when they first made the announcement that this was come out, they made Horizons included free in it all. They 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 made it included because they because right. it, right. it was an immediate draw to get people to come back to mm-hmm. the game. So, and I agree with what you're saying in the sense of dig when you say you know if you want to go to that next level of the game, right? You know, you can get your feet wet in space, but if you want to be able to mm-hmm. access all the other features it moves to the next level. Now I am curious to All see right. whether or not this, what they're gonna do to justify anything else. That's not DLC, I'm talking about like a major jump. I don't know if there's any next major jump that they could do similar to Odyssey because we're outside of the mm. vehicles now, we're able to move around. True. But they still gotta generate They still gotta <laughs> generate revenue. And I am, I am kind of curious about how the community <laughs> felt about, because PC came first, consoles came later. And then all of right. a sudden the consoles got the benefit of everything 
But the yep. PC people, they told y'all, we got to wait till September. I think it's in September. True. I think it's like September or something like that. They're saying that they'll yeah. be able to have it come out. I don't know. But Pay $5 uh, just to uh, like exit the ship with an animation versus blacking out, finding yourself outside the ship. Because I do that in real life, all right? So I don't need to do that in my ships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Colossal, I'll throw the last question at you um, in relation to Elite and Star Citizen. I know you've made it very clear, and I think everybody on the panel has tonight, that though there are similarities in the sense of the genre, similarities of both the visionary guys that are creating these games, and that they both have a desire to kind of create this, you know, worlds that you can live into, step into. Uh, we've also said that the games are distinctive and that they're very different. And anybody who I think uh, dig that, you, uh, Dark Knight, you said it earlier, it's like Star Trek and Star Wars, right? If you're into space stuff, you could appreciate that there's two different things, you know, but they're similar. Um, Colossal, what would you say to anybody who wants to step into either of these games? Because there is monetary spending. For these, it's ne neither one of them is one where you pay once and that's it. I mean, we say that about Star Citizen all the time, pay your 45 bucks and that's it. But that's usually not where most people stay. And Elite is the same thing. If you buy the base Elite game, we just found out now, if you want to go to Odyssey, you got to drop a little bit more bucks. Uh, which, mm -hmm. How would you encourage people to approach either one of these games? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, Star Citizen is still an alpha. And you don't have to use money to get in Star Citizen. You can get in right now. I think it's free mm -hmm. um, because of certain events. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just like we do with... Thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate it. Gladestone. Um, Thank you, Gladestone. Gladestone. I mean, just like we do with um, with games that are out in Alpha, they'll sit there and say, okay, this is an open Alpha. It's a closed Alpha, mm -hmm. right? So if you want to participate, if you're interested in, in a game that's not even out yet, mm -hmm. and you're talking about, well, I don't want to spend this to spend that, then participate. Or you can take advantage of those certain sessions when the game becomes open. New World is a good, idea, good example mm -hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in Elite Dangerous, in all, in all honesty, it's completed. It's finished. They're just doing, they have a plan. They have a 10-year plan and, uh, with Horizons, and they're moving forward with whatever they got. They got a, they got a great storyline. Um, so it, once again, you can go ahead and you, you're obviously going to have to purchase that in order to play the game. Mm -hmm. um, but don't expect um, it, uh, for both of the games to give you um, uh, I would say expect the games to give you something different. Mm -hmm. uh, expect the game just like Star Trek gave us something different in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Expect the games to be something similar to that in, in terms of expectation. Um, I think Chris Roberts is gearing towards a more immersive gameplay on ships. Mm -hmm. um, and when it comes to uh, Elite Dangerous, uh, we're talking about a more universal um, I mean, look at the scope of Elite Dangerous and mm -hmm. things like that. So mm -hmm. the games are completely different right now. I would advise people to give both games a shot uh, and just go ahead and enjoy the different types of gameplay for both games. And and then you pick and choose which one you would like to play regularly. But just like we see streamers and things like that, um, they're not being ignorant of, of either game. They're playing both games and they're actually enjoying both. Yeah. So I found uh, comfort in both games. I would jump to Elite Dangerous. I would jump to Star Citizen. I love and support Star Citizen, uh, and I appreciate and support Elite Dangerous. They're great games. Okay. Get into both. Cool. Well, you guys wanted to know what my two opinions of, of, of uh, Elite uh, Odyssey, the, where the progress is going. I think they're doing very well. I think that they are going to draw some people back, uh, people who stepped away. Some of the things that I heard people say a lot of times so that they felt that there wasn't anything to do, like maybe they'd exhausted everything. 
And, and mind you, those are kind of the earlier players of the game. I think over the years with Horizons, Engineers, they've added more stuff to make the game more intriguing. I was amazed when I went in. I almost felt overwhelmed when I saw how much stuff they've added to the game over the last few years. Um, I, but I will say this, uh, my closing thoughts on it is, is that both of these games are being developed by visionary game developers. Uh, David Big Braben time. and Chris Roberts, which is very different than many of the other games that we see that come out. Um, and and I, I remember uh, something that uh, Disco Lando said to us about, you know, how he deliberately, part of his job is to make us very personalized with the people who are developing that game. And I, when I watched uh, Elite's developer diaries, I kind of saw that same thing. You know, it's like there's their devs are talking to you and that's very different. But even more, we know who their CEOs are, and we also know their, mm -hmm. their history. Um, we know their struggles. Uh, we Everybody joked around when this whole thing got kicked off talking about how young both David Braben and Chris Roberts looked. And when you see them now, they both look like they've aged, seriously. I don't think they've aged because right? of time passing. I think they've aged because Chris has great Stress. hair. Yeah, I think they mm -hmm. both have very stressful jobs. They both talked about their accountability to the communities that are funding these games. And they said is talking to a CEO of a publishing house is nothing compared to what it is to talking to the community because that's a much more direct contact. So I'm glad they're aware of that and appreciate the fact that they even mentioned that. So anyway, that's my thoughts on it. I love both games. I think they're great. I'm gonna be getting back into Eve. Colossal said this earlier, uh, Dig That, you said this earlier. If you haven't played Elite in VR, you don't know what you're missing. It is amazing to be in VR in Elite, amazing. Yes. If you've never been there, if you know somebody who's got it, let the, trust me, it will blow your mind. You'll see the true potential of VR, but you also see, boy, it'll be great when they put that in Star Citizen too. So it'll be, it'll be kind of nice as well. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, be, before you end it, um, I, I, I don't know what I purchased. I, I was trying to do something so I could be on the uh, little do <laughs> too. And I don't know what I I don't know how to give it. I don't know I don't know what I'm doing, they're, they're sir. Just, they're, just, they're just gifting subscriptions. Don't worry about it. They're just gifting subscriptions. Uh, which uh, one did he pick? Is so uh, I guess it's bits. Is that what it is? You can do how do bits. I give the bits? Well, the bits chime, and the James Brown is a subscription. So whichever one you want. Okay, so I bought it. So how do I give it? What, it's already been given. Yeah. What did you buy? What did you buy? I I, I think it's bits. If you Ooh, bought bits, which one did he? oh, you go down to where the chat box is down at the bottom where the little bits there. It's little bits thing. Oh, there you go. You just <laughs> I left. He gave you a <laughs> sub. <something. laughs> so nice. You just want James Brown. He said so the year is 1960. I want to hear that. Oh, God. All right. Thank you, guys. You guys are so much. Lefty, everybody, Gladstone, thank you guys. We appreciate it. Sethius, everybody who contributed tonight. Captain Wee Wee, uh, real quick, uh, dig that, tell people where people can find you at. We're going to raid Captain Richard, you guys, so stick around. It's his birthday today. He's having his birthday celebration. He's got a crown on his head. Y'all go over there and mess with that man. Yeah, dig that, tell people where uh, they can find you, buddy. First of all, shout out to you, vengeful. Yeah, uh, you can find me laying in your nearest gutter. I don't know. Go to the uh, downtown and, and look at the gutters. <laughs> Dig that thirty-two. <laughs> I put that on the curb. It's right there next to me. Oh, <laughs> y'all make sure you listen. Y'all check out Cap. Uh, Dig that thirty-two. Y'all know he makes some of the best instructional videos. He has these great one-minute mm -hmm. videos. He is always up to date with the latest things that are going on in Star Citizen. So you all check out his YouTube channel. 
very well, highly well produced stuff. I'm, I'm always just jealous and amazed at the quality of the stuff that he puts out. Plus that great voice of his is on there. Uh, Dark Knight 75, where can people find you? Yes. Uh, well, other than finding me here at Soul Citizens, uh, you can find me. I, I do uh, videos from time to time, very rare, uh, on, on my channel, Dark Knight 75. Uh, it's just a, you know, kind of labor of love. Um, and then also, um, you, you can... Uh, else can you find me I, i'm on twitter and a few other places under dark Knight 75 same place but it's rare that i post okay all right cool. Kind of guy, but. colossal <laughs> i got I, I forgot that you were on the other screen because you got here late so i don't want to leave you out man where can people find where can people find you at buddy yeah, uh, I got here late. We had real life situations, oh, you know, being cool. on the board when when they called. We had an emergency meeting, and boom, boom, boom. We had to go ahead and show up. But um, but you can find me on here. School in Florida, at least where I'm in, in um, is uh, this is the last week for school, so the parents can finally take back their kids on Friday. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so I'm counting down. So I'll pretty much be resting, pretty much on here, doing a lot of souls, a lot more soul citizens mm -hmm. um, throughout these next several months while we're on break. Um, but you can find me there. You can find me in a verse. If you want to send me a friend, uh, if you ever see me in a verse, you know, send a, a friend invitation and I'll gladly accept and we can hang out. Awesome. Same here. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, real quick. Can I throw a shout out? Yeah, I want to throw quick. a shout make out. Make quick because I got some more stuff. Go ahead. Galactic Enterprises, Star Org. Oh, Wonderful. Yeah. I want to Absolutely. give a shot to Fist and Pops of New Soul. They have some amazing Star Citizen content, uh, videos, music. If you get a chance to check them out at the Galactic Enterprises web, uh, YouTube page, Fist and Pops, New Soul. I'm Absolutely. telling y'all, check them out. Absolutely. And you guys know that we're using them as our intro music now for the show. So that five minute song you hear oh, the beginning yeah, of the show is there. Awesome. Mm -hmm. they got yep. Can you tell me that again or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> no! We, no, we're gonna have you watch the video because you need to go dig. You haven't seen the video that goes along with it. It'll blow your mind. It is really, really good. That's and by that video was recognized on. We mentioned this last week on the RSI website. We're really proud of the work that they did. Uh, Spitfire Phoenix, thank you for the one thousand one hundred bits dig. Thank you. 1500 bits dig thank you man man we love you thank you guys so much vengeful thank, thank you, you thank for your six you. month subscription vengeful always hangs out with us all right gang we're going to get ready to close this out next week we are going to be doing our show on Invictus. We're going to be doing a wrap-up of Invictus next Sunday. So you guys be sure to come hang out with us. Enjoy Invictus. Watch your wallets. Keep your credit cards. Hide them. Give them to your wife. Whatever you got to do. Um, <laughs> hide your wife. Hide your, hide your wife. Hide your kids. And uh, we will see you guys on next Sunday, hopefully. Or we'll see you guys in the verse. Uh, as always, peace, love, and soul. Don't forget, give Captain Richard a big happy birthday. Love you guys. Take care hey. of yourselves. Peace. Slander. See you guys later. Peace out. <laughs>